This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hello, I'm Paul. I'm back. Hello, I'm Evan. Hi, I'm Will. We're going to talk about Starship Mutiny. First published in 2005. Uh, I got it through the audiobook on Audible in 2008. Um, this is a follow-up to uh, a, a show where we talked a lot about um, space opera. <laughs> Which show? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I, I think it was an unrelated to a space opera, but we talked ended up talking a lot about Kim Stanley Robinson's Aurora. Oh, that that episode. Oh God, where Paul where Paul ranted. Paul Paul was upset by by that book, and Paul's still upset by and that Jesse book. And Jesse was arguing that basically that space opera is garbage, and there's no point in reading it. And uh, so, so he cherry picked a garbage space opera. That's right. He cherry picked a garbage <laughs> space opera. Yeah, you cherry picked a garbage space opera that he read all point. five books in the series of, and. Uh, and now is here to uh, further humiliate Paul by saying how much space opera sucks. Um, but you, you, you humiliate yourself, I think, by picking this book. Well, I, I punish myself by picking this book that I really enjoyed listening to again. Um, uh, you guys have, to, had, have to explain that. You, you guys hadn't all read this before, right? This is all new I to you? I, I, no. I, 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 I read some Resnick, but I had not read this one. Yeah, so um, uh, the way I would describe it is it's basically Star Trek um, with the serial numbers filed off, and they're in a, a perpetual war uh, with some. Oh yeah, other I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, this galactic is like a civilization Star Trek episode or something. At least, at least. Yeah. Um, and uh, it just so happened that last night I was watching uh, Star Trek. <laughs> I which, watched, which Star Trek? I watched a couple, but the- one, one of the one, the one that really stuck to me in terms of this book is mirror mirror now normally we think of mirror mirror as the mirror universe story (laughs) and it is but um there's a number of things in the mirror universe that are similar to what we have here they're in a perpetual war um they have a security officer which they didn't have on regular star trek right they had security officers but they didn't have one on the bridge sulu Um, is is the security officer in the mirror universe. in the original but in but in next generation, Warp is the scary officer. Absolutely, and Yar, and you know they have a bunch of them, right? Odo, and but my point, you know, Tuvok's on the bridge being doing security. But my point is, um, the security officer here is like Big Brother in a certain sense. Um, he, he's sleeping. He, he's sleeping with yeah. Big Brother. <laughs> Big um, sister. We 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 should we should we should we should. We should, we should uh, clarify that the security officer and this is a colonel she's clearly out of the chain of command of the navy but she kind of runs yeah but the, when the, i say big brother i'm referring to 1984 right rather yeah. than you know uh, you could gender flip big brother i don't think it would change the change the uh, <laughs> dynamics that much maybe it would maybe it'd be awesome um but uh she she seems to uh, I was thinking she likes to watch. <laughs> she <laughs> does. She clearly does. That the that, point throughout the, sto- throughout the story that she's watching and she she enjoys the voyeurism. Colonel, yeah, what's her I mean, what's her name? 
the, that character was like totally a carnal character. There was like nothing non-carnal about that character. Hmm. Right, right, because like, right, because when she says, "Oh yeah, there's three women on the ship who are trying to sleep with you," I said, "Like you're clearly one of them for sure." Even before he asks, "Are you one of them?" I was like, "Yep, she's definitely one of them." I could see it coming I'm a not, mile I, away. Well, I, I assumed that that was a possibility too, but it's never actually revealed that there was. We know that there's at least one other named character, right? Maybe two. Yeah, one of, the, 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 the the ensign that worships him like a god, the worships our main character. Uh, Wilson Cole like a god. So she clearly was. A, a lot of people were, I Will wasn't, but a lot of people were DMing me, and I'm like, save it for the podcast, but it didn't stop you. You kept DMing me. I, I, well, well, I, I, I DMed you because I wanted to remember a couple things All right. myself. All right. And, I mean, this, I mean, you, you mentioned Star Trek, but what this feels like, especially because this is a group of malcontents on a crappy ship. There's lots of drug use. What I what I thought immediately of was Honor Harrington, the original novel, not not the endless sequels and Hunting Everton extended universe, which goes on for I don't know how many volumes it's one, but the, the original novel. <laughs> what the Honorverse? The Honorverse. The Honorverse. Thank you. I and, and the people dressing up and stuff, and because I see them at conventions and stuff. But anyway, the original. Original novel, Unerrington's on a not great ship in a backward solar system. The natives and half the crew are drugged out, and she's kind of like middle of a lot of uh, bleep ups. And so I think this novel is kind of a take <laughs> that at Unerrington. <laughs> bleep ups. I thought those were aliens for a second. I, like, I could do this better. Uh, I, uh, well, I mean, he, he actually calls that out right at the beginning of the book, right? Uh, Resnick's intro is, you know, he. It, it's an attack on the Honor Harrington verse. Yes. And I'll, I'll, later I'll talk about the book that kind of takes that takes that at both this and Honor Harrington, but we'll talk about that later. And we, talk, we, we talked about this in the Aurora thing. I think we briefly touched on Honor Harrington and how it's Horatio Hornblower in space, broadsides, you know, and yep. starship tactics and, and all for the uh, pointlessness of being space opera. So what I did, Paul, is I steel manned the idea of space opera. I picked the best space opera I've ever read. I can't believe uh, that this is the best space opera. Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, pretty yeah. good. Quality of space opera is pretty low. Oh, really? The okay. Best you've got. Oh God! Really? You, you, okay. You've cherry picked a lower end. Of well, the well, give me, well, give me sorry, a better example. Sorry. Um. Recently, Unconquerable Sun by Kate Elliott is really good space opera. Or I will mention the Imperial series, which I mentioned in the DM to you by, by Melinda Snodgrass. It takes in, uh, and engages with the problems of imperialism and space opera and empire in a much more nuanced and interesting way than this, than this book ever does, or I bet this series for that matter. And that's not even getting into stuff like Alistair Reynolds or The Expanse, but yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll put Melinda Snodgrass and Kate Elliott up against this any day, and they'll they'll win three falls out of three. I wanna I wanna find out why, but I haven't read those, so. Okay, okay, so so Kate Elliott's Unconquerable Son is basically the Greco Greco Persian Wars in space. Basically, with a gender-flipped Alexander the Great at age sixteen, the the titular son is basically Alexander the Great, except she's female. Her 
instead of having a domineering father, King Philip, it's a mother. The father is an outlander. It's all gender flipped. And basically, it's, it's, it's basically all gender flipped, but we get space battles. We, but, but I could go into a giant rant about, uh, about space warps and, and, uh, how, um, how tactics work in there. I also mentioned the, the Pornell Nibbin theory about, uh, about space travel, I believe to you, and I want to talk about that. That's another thing entirely. I, I don't want to blow all, everything in one shot here, but. Right. So, Cockable Sun has, has, has much better handling of how ships travel from space to space, much more <laughs> interesting space battles and the, and the aspects of how space empires and inter, interstellar governments actually work. I mean, there's some interesting things in here, but. He doesn't do as much with that as I thought he would. There's no world building in this novel. Almost. You are it's correct, just, sir. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, they seem to live in like a version of the world that is exactly like it is now, except it's like more than a thousand years in the future, and they have spaceships that blow up planets. You are we're, correct, we're, we're, sir. Yeah, 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 I mean, I mean, one spaceship can blow up a planet, which basically we, we hear about as a threat, and then we actually see and could happen, happen again, and I thought, what? A, a, wait, do you realize how much energy would actually require to blow up a planet in actual life? Well, like, it's a fuel what? dump, Paul. Even so, come <laughs> on. Well, they're radioactive fuel. All the benedotes. I mean, it's worse than Space 1999, for Christ's sake, as far as getting, yeah, getting that one. You're like, saying it's slightly implausible. It it, it doesn't even <laughs> try to go for the for any figly for plausibility that even Star Trek tries to go for. There's, there's no, no plausibility whatsoever. That's correct, sir. You are correct. However, did you enjoy the book? Um, why, why has this turned out to all of you about me? Um, some parts of it were interesting, but the world building kept annoying me. The whole... The very lack well, of oh, world oh, building. Have the, we're going to all have the chief of security. The only thing to be for them is to basically be a love interest for the character. I didn't like Wilson Cole well, all that much. She saves him in the end. Yeah. Because he's a good commander. He's a great he's a commander. wanted, finally, I mean, I, 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 real I, I, commander. That's what I everybody mean, wanted. I mean, being a take that on Harrington, he's awful. Harrington, like, like, he's always right. Like That's what Wilson Cole is. Do we always have? Do we have to do this again? It's like, I mean, I mean he, he I mean, does make. There's a difference some between mistake, being competent. He's always and right in the way, like you know, Socrates is always right. Yes. Whenever you talk with Socrates, right? He. Well, tell me what you think. That's right. No, you're wrong. I'll try again, and then eventually you'll you'll get to the same place that we'll see what happened to him minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's how uh, that would have been a better ending, but he wanted a series, right? Uh, no, he wanted a series. This is explicitly designed to be a series, right? Because that's, <laughs> that's the only part I really checked out on is when they saved him at the end. Well, he, here's my problem with it is I feel like Wilson Cole telegraphs exactly what he's going to do exactly but like right before he does it. So like there's not dramatic tension. He's just like, I'm going to do this. And then he does it. And it's like, OK. And it works. Every and it time. works, of course. Um, and so it's just like a series of him being smart, being the smartest man in the room, and um, kind of uh, telegraphing that he's yeah. the smartest man in the room, the canniest and man doing- in a certain sense. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't have all the facts, right? But his instincts are always right. It's because 
you know, the author's cheating. <laughs> right. Well, yes. In fact, like he's like he's the canniest man in the room, but he's also just like he's sarcastic and sardonic, and he's he's yeah. He lets us know he's sardonic plenty. Oh, yes. He uses that word like Indeed, twenty times, at least at least twice, and. Uh, sarcasm is not used, but there's a couple other words that are related. How much research did, uh, Mike Resnick put into this book? None. Research of what? Absolutely correct. He did zero research. None. (laughs) He, like, busted this off in, like, two days. Like. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, probably took a week. Um. Yeah, yeah. And and that's, like, a compliment on some level. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But to like just bust this out, but I, I think that this is—I mean, this is definitely hack work. I would agree. I would agree. So, um, so what's your definition of hack work? I was pretty entertained throughout the book. It's though. absolutely entertaining. I was—I've been working on the on Neil Stevenson lately, the Broke Cycle. And I had to take a break work. for two days, well, uh, he, and yeah, it was a really book. nice like. Like a palate cleanser for a couple. Yeah, super easy reading. Yeah, compared to that, that's kind of like, yeah, I can see how that could work. Every book in this series came out the year after the last one, right? So two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I read them all. And well, how's, how's the pirate one? I don't one? remember. They all blend together. <laughs> but what Basic I can tell pirates. you is, if you like this one, you'll like the next one, and you'll like the next one, and you'll like the next one, and you'll like the next one. And then after you read all of those, you're going to say, Jesus, I need some, like, meat on some bones. I want some actual science fiction rather than this, which is not really science fiction. It's, it's set it, in a science fiction universe. It's a science product. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But he's so good at what he's doing that you enjoy the process. But, it, you know, this would make a, a perfectly fine uh, TV show. He's got all the dialogue. It's almost all dialogue, right? There's almost no description at all. What color are the uniforms? The ship's gray. Uh, yeah. what, what, what does the, the Republic flag look like? We don't know. But we do know it gets a skull and crossbones at the end, which is yeah, you know, something yeah, we recognize. That. Uh, you, you notice how he doesn't care about the, uh, the ranks? <laughs> like, yeah. There's captains, lots of commanders, a colonel, sergeants and he he throws in a line about how you know all the servicers were amalgamated and they just made it easy because we don't care about you know able seamen (laughs) it's he did absolutely no work you know researching yeah researching i mean i mean i mean as you point out there is there is a although i although i don't I never would ever reread this. There is a craft in being able to write something that flows easily mm-hmm. and well, and oh, that's yeah. what this does. I mean, I may not, I may have thought it was not to my taste because I've read much better space opera, but it it flows. But what makes it better is my what, question. What makes it better? Um, um, more engaging, more interesting and nuanced characters, more engaging themes. Better world building, capital W, because, you know, I'm all about the world building. Mm-hmm. This, the world building here is like, okay, we get a smattering of aliens, but it's not really clear how these aliens really fit in with the Republic. I mean, most people are human. Are there ships with mo- with some of the other aliens we see as predominant? We don't know. He doesn't they're care. Only, they're not only human. They seem to have the same ethnicities that we have today. Yeah. 
Yeah, like what? <laughs> like, like, like that seems like you have all these Anglo Saxons. You have like this Japanese guy. Oh, 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 Mount Fuji. You have the attorney just Hispanic. Like, it's just like okay. Yeah, well, yeah. When, when Mount when Mount Fuji was introduced as an Oriental, I thought, oh, that he's seven this feet was tall. In 2005. This was I written know, in but 2005. Still. But still, it made me go, oh. No, I mean, that's insane. Nobody used the term Oriental in 2005 except for Mike Resnick. It's okay. I, he's, he's allowed. It's a perfectly no, legitimate it, word. It, no, it, it, it's got connotations these days, you know, the ins- inscrutable Chinaman sort of thing, which are really, really not Did good. you just say the C word? <laughs> I was going to say I the chill word. <laughs> I did. How dare you? Uh, I, I'm, I'm using a show that the, it... it I mean, it's a problem that shows up in some of Mike Resnick's fiction. It shows up here as well. His, I his, thought that it was really interesting when the news media came into the story, you know, quite late. It was in there earlier, but it came in quite late during the uh, while he's in prison or jail awaiting his trial. And it turns out Commander Podoc, uh, who's a girl, um, uh, is saying he's racist. Where I was like, this is a girl boss story. <laughs> she's yeah. she's the captain of the ship. They're past that. So, like, if this book was written today, that would be what everybody would be upset about. It's not the it's not the the racism, it's the sexism. Because uh, she says she's one of only three of her species to ever command a spaceship. Like if the if the if the other ones are anything like her, they should never command spaceships. A, at least within the universe of this story, which is absolutely I, I, I mean, ridiculous. Super literalism. I mean, I wonder how she ever got to anywhere near even first officer status, much as anything else. <laughs> that's that's like, a, kind of his with, theme with the, here, right? Yeah, in, yes. a, in a craft that can destroy planets, like like that's the. That's yeah, the I, I, yeah, it's 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 just like how does this even make? Yes, I know he's making a sense. He's make he's trying to make he's trying to make things about bureaucracy, and military inefficiency, mm-hmm. and, and and things like that. But it's so heavy ham handed and not not with any sort of sense at all that it, the message, as it were, that war is. I mean, the war is hell. You make the other guy die for his country, sort of thing. It's that kind line of comes up off. twice so, at least. This is kind of what I was imagining when I was reading this mm-hmm. is. It's 2005, right? So he's thinking, like, why can't we win this Iraq war? You know, You're correct, we, sir. You know? And he's like, it's because we didn't have a Stalin or a Marshall to just clear out the officer corps before the war. And if we, or, or a Lincoln, right? These kinds of. You are correct, sir. Who cleared out the officer corps of the worthless people or demoted them or whatever. Yeah, right? It happened during Using World War II as well. well. They just. Yeah, it was Marshall, right? Marshall came in before, before the war began and started uh eisenhower was around, a colonel before he was promoted to four-star general and when he went back to the states after his his four-starness he was demoted to colonel again there is a what? real oh yeah it, it's crazy right now uh, the thing is, is this is uh, uh, what's so funny is this is a really political book. We don't think about it that way. Um, guess who? Oh. Guess guess who? Uh, um, went into the navy and had uh, uh, given a rank um, of ensign 
at uh, uh, three years past the cutoff where that's allowed, and had no training as an officer. That would uh, and uh, and then flunked out uh, due to drug use. Hunter Biden. <laughs> this this is not unique. This happens a lot, right? Where you get a lot of shitty officers, and they go into this as part of politics. So the whole premise of this book is that the people running this war, whatever, we don't really see the whole war. We just, you know, hear about it a little bit. We don't know why the war is going on. Don't know who they're fighting. Don't know almost anything. The the, the mysterious Taroni Federation and and the Taroni Federation captain who he actually makes the deal with. Okay, you can take the deal, but don't play the planet. Yeah, (laughs) seems to be more. uh, Yeah, he makes the point that he's more honorable than the rest of the, the Federation that they're working for is like. Really? The Republic. the Republic. Well, that's why they're mutinating, Paul. Yeah, 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 and the yeah, mutiny happens at the end of the book. I'm not quite sure naming the Starship Mutiny was actually the best choice because this really is about... It's designed to make you read the every, next book, right? Yeah, I kept waiting for the mutiny. I was like... Where are we going to get a mutiny? No mutiny yet. It's coming. Oh, we get a mutiny at the very Don't end. Don't worry, there'll be pirates at the end of... Uh, uh, Starship Pirate. <laughs> There'll be mercenaries uh, well, at the end well, of Starship well, Mercenaries. Well, there, was this, there was the excerpt from the next book, so apparently the the pirate party starts immediately in the next uh, book. I didn't know. So, in the that. fifth book, they're, they're the flagship. That's right. Oh, don't worry. They're they, taking they back the Federation. Upgrades. They're taking back yeah, the they're Federation. They're going to save the Federation and make it, for, make it manly men for manly things going oh, okay. Yeah, you keep saying Federation. It's, it's, <laughs> I know, I, I, I know. I, I, I keep like, Federation Republic. of Republic. The, the, the Republic will be for manly men doing manly things. Well, there no, is a lot of like, women, the, he, like, women there too. Star Trek episode. He's like, I like that. I'm going to put that in. Like, That's I'm right. Gonna, I'm going to put a symbiont on. I, I need an yeah. escape from uh, a symbiont by not, on a planet. I, I mean, I mean, the. the I mean, the symbiont with the skin was kind of interesting. You know, you could talk to it. The Gorin. But but it's, but it's also a lot of surface level veneer, no real deep world building at all. I want to know more about things, and he didn't want to go there at all. He didn't, he didn't, want, he didn't think about it. I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> well, um, my problem is it's like not like anthropologically set. Like I just I want science fiction like this to be more like have more anthropology to it. Like why are the people in this society doing this thing how do they relate to this society they're fighting um you know i'm i'm interested in those questions and this is just like you know um how, how does the culture actually work yeah, yeah I, 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 we just like this is like this is just like wilson cole going from one like i'm the smartest guy in the room episode to the next i'm the smartest guy in the room episode i think this is like there's a certain like kind of like smart guy that they uh, that this is like how the world really is um and I, I like view these people as kind of dumb smart guys yep um yeah yep yeah. okay yep so so you definitely if you want space opera that does this i'm gonna plug melinda again so the first book in her series is called the high ground and it starts off with it's a it's set a couple hundred years in the future basically the fortune 500 company magnus have basically become a new aristocracy there's a it is basically a empire of humans kind of controlling the aliens within there. And it's a very, and she, she's criticizing patriarchal values because this is a very patriarchal sort of, sort of, uh, empire. And the, the emperor has no sons. All he has is daughters. And 
by the by tradition, the children of the emperor go into the Imperial Space Navy, but women aren't generally supposed to do that. But we're going to make an exception because, well, she's the heir and we are stuck with it. So the main characters is basically the daughter, the daughter of the emperor and a poor son who's kind of cobbled, who's far as cobbled his way into getting a position in this basically space academy so the both of them go to the space academy that's the first novel second novel basically has them on spaceships the third novel he basically gets kicked out of the navy because of some things because of him questioning some of the things the empire does and then the fourth novel is basically the reunion as things come to a head and we basically explore patriarchy empire how a aristoc arist aristocratic empire could actually work in space and the problems with that and it's a much more it does things it does this a lot more interesting than this novel ever does it goes deeply into the world and the characters in a way this is much, i found this like i should be really rereading re- re- the snodgrass instead of this crap wow good star trek episodes i like yes yes she has that she wrote measure right. of the man pen pals yep, yep. Um, same, same author yep so Up she the long ladder. these are good episodes yeah, I like um, I like CJ Chera a lot in terms of space opera. Like that's that's down a very different. Yeah, that's, that's a very a big, different long book, sort of though. feel. It, it is a big, thick, long book. It's a very different feel. But Down Below Station was a novel when I first read it. For the first half, it's like, am I getting this? Am I getting this? And then, wham! Oh, I got it now! And then ran through for the rest of the rest of the series. So yes, yeah. Well, I mean. Class. Yeah, I mean, CJ Chera is, like, really about, like, what it's really like with people settling space, like, you know, um, uh, what are these, like, commercial operations looking like in the future? I, uh, I think that's just interesting stuff. Um, and of course, and of course, we should also probably mention Lois McCaster Bushel in this conversation. We're talking about space opera and characters, Miles Wilkazigan. Have you read any Miles Wilkazigan yet? Well, no, a bunch of old people like you tell me I need to. <laughs> <laughs> wow! You young whippersnappers got to read Lois McCaskey-Bujol! I would say, Will, the only one you probably want to read is Falling Free. Um, it's independent from the others, and it's about labor. Uh, unions oh, it's about the people with the, the hands. Feet on for the hands. Feet. Yeah, yeah, hands yes, for yes, feet. Quaddies. Yes, yeah. it's about the quaddies. It's pro- quaddies She's a good writer. It's don't just... Show- yeah, yeah, that Miles for Corsican is very, very much space opera. Um, what's funny is he classified this at the beginning as uh, military SF. Um, I think it will not satisfy uh, a lot of the people who really enjoy military SF. And uh, obviously it's not scratching uh, Paul's itch for uh, space opera, right? Exactly. Um, no, it's but, not. But the gap between military SF and space opera is i think it's, it's not even a gap but the, 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 the overlap the overlapping i mean there's yeah. space opera which has mill sf elements on errington's much more like that and then there's space opera which is a lot less mill sf like say gareth powell's embers of war series which is much more space opera with big dumb objects and weird alien artifacts and weird things going and mysteries and stuff and that's not very military at all that's another series that you should read if you like space opera but don't want any of the military crap because the trouble dog is basically a rescue ship that winds up finding an ancient alien artifact and things go terribly terribly wrong that's a great series too and so you think of the expanse as space opera 
Yes, I haven't seen that. With, with, with a lot more, a lot more adventure thrown in. So that's a, I thought that was so a, more like hard sci-fi. No, it's not really hard. I mean, I mean because you, because the the, the, the because the uh, the alien artifact right from the beginning kind of. I mean, there's hard sci-fi is like they think about things like space drives and stuff, but yeah. it's, but I mean, like with the, with with the alien molecule is clearly throwing the, the hard SI stuff right out the window right from the start. I mean, if you want hard SI, then you should probably go Alistair Reynolds' land, where he does have speed of light considerations and, and the like for all the spaceships. He put, uh, like, uh, what, what I'm so impressed about this book is, like, he put absolutely zero research into all of it. I don't think he probably went back and revised almost anything. But it all, it's storytelling. It's basically pure storytelling. He's spinning up a story, uh, you know, like it's a little serialized in the sense that we get that whole sequence, uh, the escape sequence on the planet, uh, where he's on the run from the. Did he, there was a lot more the of that. Whoever they are. I imagine. Yeah. The Toronto. You know, whoever, not the Klingons. They were basically horse people, basically. Yeah, I love the, I love the horse people. I'll give him that. The horse people who, like, can't see too good during the day, that's, like, pretty good. And, and can't breathe and can't breathe because the oxygen mix isn't right. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll give him those. I'll agree with you. I'll give him those as far as world building is concerned. But we I'd don't... like to see them painted on the cover. You know. Mm. Yeah, the cover, like, the art be... for this is pretty weak out there. There's some uh, foreign editions that look okay, but um, it's it's not it's not. This is disposable science fiction no- novel. It's designed to be that way. Right. It's it. I don't think like a lot of people writing today, they're writing to try to get it turned into a Netflix series, you know, or um, even better, uh, you get an Amazon series or something out of it. Uh, like, I think that uh, James S.A. Corey thing was basically uh, we can turn this into yeah. a TV show. No, but, but but at the time, I mean, the, the only really TV show that was out there was was uh, Game of Thrones. So he wasn't writing for this to be a TV show because that really was a market. Now there's a. Now people are trying to do that because now they see all the expenses. They are literally, so uh, literally the assistants to the George R. R. Martin, though, right? So um, they, they Ty know... Frank was George James S. A. Corey himself was a writer in his own right before then and has written. But it's written, a co-author, right? Yeah, it's a co-author. But Ty Ty was and is uh, George's assistant. My, my point is, is you know he's seeing what what's going on. Like he's right there in the business, knowing what's going on. So the fact that now there's a million Amazon series, and uh, did you guys see like the Wheel of Time is now on Amazon? Well, it's not yet. I mean, they're they're producing it, yes, and it's, and Foundation. It's going to be out. Apple TV. Yeah, Apple. right. So, well, Foundation wasn't written to be a TV show, though, right? No, and, yeah. Hence the I'm reviews. I'm not sure how that's going to come. I'm not sure how that's going to come. Brian out. Alexander was reviewing it last night. And it sounds like it's horrible, and he's super diplomatic. I- I, I mean, how, how do you actually turn Foundation into a TV series? I don't know. I mean, Add a I lot mean, of sex I, scenes. I, I listened. I listened to a audio book adaptation of Foundation some time ago, and that was interesting. But yeah, as a TV series, I'm I'm curious, but I'm not confident that it could be anything. I'm my going my, to my point watch. is that this this book is designed to be a novel, but not like a. He wasn't, a franchise. It's, it's meant to be a franchise. Yes, a novel series, right? 
you know, yeah. if this does great, give me one book a year for the next five years or so, right? And that's exactly what happened. So, knowing that going in, uh, I like Mike Resnick's writing. He he is actually capable of doing some pretty subtle uh, uh, anthropological uh, 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 science uh, uh, fiction. Uh, well, well, I mean, I, I mean, like Seven Views of Ovidai Gorge, which is a story. I was of thinking his, the Kieran um, Yagas cycle, which is a yeah, right, right, the, fix the, up the, the novel. Right, the 43 Antarian dynasties. I mean, he does a lot more interesting things in the lives of the work than here. Here he's, it's, it, oh, I shouldn't say lazy because lazy's not right. I mean, it almost feels like he's doing his tries to, he's, he's doing it pu for purely commercial reasons without Correct, any soul sir. To it. You are correct. <laughs> There's no soul that, to that's it. That's what I mean by hack work. Okay. Also, I agree. Okay, th th thank you, Will. Yes. So, so, and that's kind of disappointing because he could do, he could and has done so much more interesting stuff than this and it's like okay okay you gotta you gotta you gotta eat man i understand that but still it doesn't mean i have to really enjoy it all that and much. this is this is past mike resnick's prime right like this yeah this yeah. was the 90s a little little oh, past it. so it is on the back end but of it, it, you know it was smooth writing right uh, i'll tell you this is exactly like what uh, I'm very sensitive to like why markets exist. I want to understand them, right? So when I was doing manual labor and you're like uh, painting a, a whole space, you know, 3,000 square feet, you really need something good to listen to. But it doesn't have to be um, the most intellectual stimulating thing. It has to be interesting and hold your attention and it has to be fun. Because what you're doing is the opposite of fun. So, for example, when I'm sick, I like to play computer games. It helps me because then I, I'm not noticing how rotten I'm feeling. When I'm doing, you know, yard work, I want to have something that really holds my attention. Because if it doesn't, then I'm thinking about the pain of the, you know, hot sun on my back and the sweat that's pouring off of me and how I don't want to be here. This It, it serves a purpose, Right. Um, and the fact that it's set in a, you know, soap opera, space opera, Star Trek-y universe just means I know what I'm getting when I buy it. And Mike Resnick is good at delivering that thing. So all the criticisms that we throw at it, they have to be looked at through the context of what it was designed to do. This is not an intellectual stimulation delivery system. Right? <laughs> this is a, um, you know, get the hit the beats, uh, keep you interested, make you want to read the next one, make you want to keep going, see what's going to happen next. And uh, the fact that it is sort of, you know, just a way to get you to the next book is perfectly serviceable. But it really isn't science fiction. It, calling it science fiction makes them, makes me think of science. And he didn't do any research here. Yeah, there's stars in the universe. <laughs> but light speed's not a thing, right? Uh, what are the grab plates on this? They don't care, right? Star Get Trek. Get in the wormhole, Jesse. Get yeah, in the wormhole. They, they have wormholes and light speed. They have light speed and wormholes, right? <laughs> the only, the closest we get to a consideration of, you know, like, what kind of physics problems we might have in this story? I mean, how many different kinds of weapon systems do they have? Lots, just enough so that in a future book you might need something else, right? The the only the only thing 
you know, scientifically that's needed in this book is, oh, it, we can't go to light speed, light speeds, by the way, not light speed, light speeds in an atmosphere. Otherwise we'll burn up due to friction. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's, yeah. It's like, this yeah. is absolutely pure space opera. It has the, uh, it's theoretically a military SF, but Normally, when people watch Star Trek, they don't think of it as military SF. And I think there's a reason for that. Because it doesn't feel like military SF. So his lazy saluting characters, right, and putting people in the brig and all that stuff, it's all for the purpose of getting us to where he feels comfortable, which is not in the military. It's just in pure storytelling, space opera-y writing. And I'm I'm absolutely fine with that. But I, I think, it, you know, anytime you've got a series, you really are stretching the idea of, of it really being about science and rather it's more about entertainment, it, you know, making the pain go away. The pain of, you know, sickness or the pain of. So, 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 so you're, saying it's, you're saying this is Soma? I think it is very much like Soma to bring it to a much more, uh, science, science fiction y book, right? I did that on purpose. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a, it's not the one we were re- referencing earlier, 1984. But uh, no, but, New World but, is a... Wait, it's also different totalitarianism. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Um, and I think that what's interesting is that this is... You couldn't have the regular Federation have a mutiny, right? Because everybody's nice. <laughs> we're all enlightened now. So the only time a mutiny makes sense is when you're in the mirror universe where things are pretty rotten. And what's the most rotten thing of all is incompetent government, right? Government that's all in it for themselves. So, uh, during this, uh, you know, Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan, there was, um, a very minor story. Not a lot of people probably know about it of a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps who, who uh, wasn't upset that the United States was pulling out. Rather, he was upset that nobody was going to pay for it. Nobody was going to be held to account for this 20-year uh, adventure in Afghanistan. And he, was, he got, like, a lot of heat from the Pentagon over it. And he, in the video, he's, like, saying, I'm, I'm giving up my pension. I'm going to resign because... I need to draw attention, and this is the only thing honorable I can think about it. Right? This only thing, only way for me to to say that somebody needs to be held to account is for me to give up my. If I stay in the military three more years, I get this pension, I get that. You know, right? The whole thing is he's upset in a way that Wilson Cole is upset at the incompetent government that is running this war, whatever war it is. So when Evan, you pointed out that this is written <laughs> in 2005, right? What's happening? Oh, they went into uh, Afghanistan. Didn't do anything. Couldn't find anything. Uh, no, what are we doing? Immediately after 2003, we're going into Iraq. Why? Didn't do anything. Couldn't find anything, right? It's incompetence that is sort of in the background of this. And that actually is what kind of makes... Uh, I think Ev- not Evan Brian was talking about how in the Foundation TV show 
they had uh you know it's we're supposed to see the decline of the empire of uh you know the foundation yeah. universe yeah foundation is basically asimov having read uh gibbon and deciding right. okay so, I, can, I can write this as space opera so brian says um and of course science fiction is always talking about the present not you know the past it's always talking about the present uh and not the future and he says, so, uh, the buildings crashing down are suicide bombers, right? And I, and he says, uh, and he said that and I said, yeah, the present, like 20 years ago, right? Suicide bombing is only popular again because it's the 20th anniversary. <laughs> How many suicide bombs have we seen around here lately? Not for 20 years, right? It's all over in those foreign lands where there's no coverage. So, it is kind of political, but it's so subtle that, you know, probably the author didn't even know. <laughs> I think that's kind of really interesting. It's like, oh, it's why I like reading those old books, you know, from, you know, 1890. What they're worried about is weird things, right? In 1920, they're really, they're really into some ideas that we're like, huh? Why is that interesting? It's because they're soaking in it. They can feel it coming in through their pores. They know all about it. It's so obvious they don't even state it. So it, it, there is something here that is interesting, but it isn't really science fiction. And so, like, you know, retelling the story of Alexander the Great. What there's isn't there another uh, science fiction novel that's a retelling of um, uh, the flight of the mercenaries out of uh, Persia? Um. There's also it, a there's TV. A, there's a couple movie. fantasy novels. That, yeah, maybe that's fantasy it. Novels that, do, that yeah, the ten thousand and oh yeah, yeah. There's what's one? It's not John Ringo. There is there. Um, you're right. There is a science fiction novel which is basically the Fly Mercy out of Persia, but except it's set on a planet. I forgot the name of the bloody thing. Um, right. So that uh, when you're retelling that story, you're not retelling something that is relevant to the period you're in usually, or if it is, it's indirectly. You're just interested in that particular thing and it's a dramatic plot and therefore you can write a story which is what you need to do if you want to sell a book uh so i i am kind of interested in this as a uh document oh of, I, I have it it's it's mm -hmm. um david weber and john ringo's march up country that sounds is the, vaguely is, familiar it's the science fiction retelling of the anabasis which is the, the flight of the Greek mercenaries out of the Persian Empire right. after things go wrong, and of course, which that ties in, of course, to um, to uh, watch what that uh, the mo uh, the watch what that movie, um, The Warriors, yeah, which is set in New York City, right? Yeah, I've I haven't seen that, but I, I oh, you've never about. seen The Warriors? I've I've oh never God, seen Jesse. it. I know, it Jesse, good. you need to see The Warriors. Yeah. Come out and play, Jesse. Come I yeah, no, I I'm very familiar with the. Uh, with the movie, I just haven't watched it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. But uh, yeah, I, I I should watch it. But uh, the problem is, is is it really relevant, <laughs> or is it just uh, a story? It, it, it is. A, um, I mean, it was relevant at the time because it had it had interesting things to say about the relations between population and gangs and police, which and is you know largely and, and, propaganda, and, and, right? The simmering, the simmering tensions in New York City in the 70s sure. are really evident in that film. We need I mean, a, quite... a strong mayor to come in and clean up this town. 
make it what? make it safe for people to walk the streets again. Yeah, and that's how you, that's how you wind up with Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani as a man. That's who I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. I live, guys. <laughs> I lived in I lived in New York City. Remember from my birth until two thousand two. So I lived all that, baby. Yeah, I know it all. What what pain did you get through with this? Just just uh, just reading um, Dan Simmons. <laughs> was it Dan Simmons? Me? Yeah. What? Well, it wasn't pain. It's just I I needed a break. I'm reading the Broke Cycle. Yeah, that's by Dan Simmons, right? Stevenson. Oh, Neil Stevenson. Neil Stevenson. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm conflating the two. I haven't read very much Neil Stevenson, so. I'm, I'm not super familiar with, but I'm listening to your podcast about these books and they sound very dense as opposed to this, oh, which yeah. is mostly bubbles, right? It's mostly bubbles. Uh, very, very frothy. You feel like so that, nothing's that was like, happening. Cause you always talk about how you want ideas in your science fiction. I do. Fiction. Absolutely. And, and all, you know, in what you read. Yes. And like, I think there's like one idea, maybe two, if you think that's what you, I, that's what you DM me. I think it's right? like leadership and the media is kind of what you get out of this book. Right. Yep. But the broke cycle, yeah, it's 2,500 pages, but there's like 400 ideas in it. Yeah. So. A, a lot of density. And it's not exactly science fiction. It's more history. Right? Yeah, it's it's anachronistic. It's uh, at various times, but it's. I mean, there's there's magic gold in it. There's heavy gold. Mm-hmm. So, but it's all connected to like the trial of the picks and the corruption of the English currency with magic Solomonic gold. <laughs> and Enoch's there, you know, the guy who walked with God. Okay. You know, in the Bible, there's like the ancestors of Noah, like they all die except Enoch, who just walks with God. So Neil Stevens like, oh, fine, he's still around. He's an alchemist. (laughs) He's like a Gandalf wanders around. Story when he needs to be there, he's there. So there's there's some fantastic elements, maybe, and there's science fiction elements too, with like the Leibniz's logic mill Mm. and his like creating early computers and. One character essentially creates the first ironclad by putting the hull of the sh- putting gold on the hull of the ship, so it doesn't get so it doesn't have to be careened. Okay. So it's kind of like an ironclad, yeah. sort of an early ironclad. So he's he's really smart and doing a lot of interesting stuff in the, mm-hmm. in the book. I don't know why that that series doesn't get more love. Maybe it's. I think it's so big, crazy. and also it's it's pretty heavy, hefty intellectually. I. Yeah, you have to at least take your college, like European history course, I think, to or, or be really inter- interested stuff. in it, right? So, like this book, it's the opposite of that, and yet they're both series, right? And this one's obviously a lot shorter because each book is about the same length, about seven hours or whatever this was. Um, whereas, what what's the first book? You are you done the first book? Yeah. I think you well, are. I've, I'm, I'm almost done reading it, but as for episodes, I'm through. It's like twenty hours two or something, right? It's eight books. Each book is three hundred pages. So yeah, so it's it's hefty. Um, and then and, and with that density, um, it's 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 not like your brain is a muscle, you know, like they say, um, exactly. But um, it's nice to relax once in a while. 
I, I worry about Will always watching those uh, reality TV shows. I think it's too much relaxing. Need to throw in some heavy lifting. I don't know what that would be, but and on yet TV. you sent this book to me. I know, I book. know. You told us to watch, read this book. Read this book. Yeah, this I, I feel the. I, I'm having yeah. like brain decay because you sent me this book, <laughs> and you'll be hearing from my lawyer. Um, <laughs> a copyright uh, renewal lawyer. Oh wait, that's a different yeah, thing. but um. <laughs> well, yeah, but, yeah, we, I, I, so, I have a, I, I need to read something weightier next. Um, so uh, you, I, I mentioned to you, this is the point of the book where it becomes Rastanek the Devil. Um, okay, in a DM. Yeah. I, I wasn't saving I was it for the podcast. Yeah, but you didn't even notice it. Was it the skin? Yeah, the Gorib. Yeah, the Gor. Okay, yeah, yeah. I had, I didn't realize that at the time, but yeah, the. The Gorib. and it's I just handled say, completely like, differently, right? To, yeah, I just I just want to speak for a moment about Wilson Cole's like inability to use they them pronouns on uh, Slick. Oh, that was funny. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Day. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna call you a he. Not even an individual day. <laughs> not even an individual day. Not even an individual day. A plural. I'm day. not even gonna call you by yeah. your name. I'm just gonna call you by what you look like. Hey, slick. Well, it, it, it's this it's pilot. This You're just, I can't pronounce your yeah. name. So. It's this straw man situation where, like, <laughs> with uh, slick, he literally comes up with a species that has names you can't pronounce. Yep. So it's just like Wixagony. You know. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like we need to give Chinese people American names so I can pronounce their names better. Um, kind Dude, of situation. I, I've literally yeah. had this be my job. The teacher says, "I'm uh, not the teacher." The principal says to me, "Hey, uh, these kids want uh, some names." And I'm like, "Don't they have names?" And he says, "No, they want <laughs> they, they want North they American names. names." I'd often ask students, "Like, where did you get your English name?" Yeah, and Teachers. like half the time, yeah. it'd be like, "Oh, that's what some." teacher when i was first learning english in kindergarten and gave me that's right I, so i've been assigned this job sometimes they think about it and they're weird which yeah. is i can appreciate that in a way but, yeah no i like i noticed it and when i was in elementary school there was a kid named winston i'm like winston that's the most ridiculous name i've ever heard of it's because it's so obscure compared to jeff <laughs> or bill <laughs> or whatever right yeah. uh but uh, it, having that as your job is to sort of you know label other people's names sometimes students are like asking me i want to change my name what should i change my name to i'm like i don't know do what you like <laughs> just don't be another anna because there's a million annas every korean girl's named anna it's like terrible <laughs> it's just don't be a class full of annas um just make it a little bit dis- different so I think you know this is this is the thing that gets uh, Mike Resnick in trouble, right? And yeah. uh, Evan, you were talking about you were. Oh, I, you know. I didn't. I, I don't know all the details. Paul might know more about this because this is like science fiction drama. But <laughs> apparently, Mike Resnick uh, made some comment like like some of women in sci-fi Sonia. were were hotter back in the day. Yes, <laughs> something like that. And this guy got him in trouble. Do you know about this? I, it, Paul? Yeah, it, it it sounds it sounds it sounds familiar. Like they, he was canceled. I think this is after his death, right? He was being they were canceled. Well, he it was he it was happening while he was alive, but they they 
they kind of some articles came out after he died, bringing this back up again. Right. And so I sent I, you some tweets on yeah, it. Yeah, and I was links. I was looking at them, and I was like, okay, yeah. So um, it sounds like he was unrepentant, right? It's like I'm too old yeah. for this shit. <laughs> right. He was on. Yes, he was. You right. Right. Um, right. And my friend um, Alex Axe wrote a wrote a blog post about that. Dear Dear Barry Malzberg and Reisnack, fuck you. Signed. <laughs> Although that was before before. Uh, re- before Alex was, that was when Alex was Rachel. Um, I could probably put a link here in the chat. Although I might I've break got, the, uh, I've got one. Recording. Yeah, don't don't put it in. I've got one um, t- entitled. Uh, yeah, yeah, because they pub- That's right. Because now I'm reading this. I remember because they published in Sifwa Bulletin, and that's why. Yes, that's up, exactly the same one here. That's so when, this is when, the one Evan sent me. Uh, I don't know earlier this week. James Gates claims key role in sparking sexism controversy against Bulletin magazine following passing of Mike Resnick. Resnick is spelt wrong, it looks like. Um, yeah, in, in the headline. Uh, I'd never heard of Bulletin magazine. <laughs> I, I believe all, all, the illust- all, all the images are redacted in this thing, it looks like. Oh, no, no, it's only the first one, I see. Um, so... It it sounds to me like basically oh yeah finally she concludes her her post with a final taunt at the late Resnick <laughs> quote and hey Jerry I guess that's Jerry Pornell I'm edit oh no this is uh, this is the quote the losses this industry has suffered from our own lack of understanding and our own inability to really open doors wide to the voices we desperately need are incur- incalculable are Old masters are dying, and I'm sorry for their families and friends, but I am glad, glad the new stories are being told, that new voices are being raised, that old ways are dying. And uh, and then the next quote was, um, after publishing her thoughts on Resnick's passing, Gates summarized her feelings and provided a link to the post on her personal Twitter. I've never heard of this James Gates, G-A-Y-M. Do you know this person, Paul? Is this an author? Yes, 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 yes. James is a friend of mine. Yes. Okay. Um, and hey, Jerry, I'm editing Conan and read Sonya Works, honey, and I just wish you'd lived long enough for me to shove it back in your face. I, I assume Jerry is Jerry Purnell. I'm, uh, I'm imagining so, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> dead people um, are getting getting roasted. <laughs> well, I'm like, I mean, I can see why people, I, like, I, I, I see the points. Like, yeah, he doesn't call... Uh, the alien by the alien's name, right? Alien doesn't care, but again, Mike Resnick wrote the whole thing, and he yeah, has he, other he characters. He created the, the situation. Yes, he created the situation, and he has other characters saying the character's name, right? So the fact that uh, our hero, Wilson Cole, um, you know, doesn't do that, um, it just makes it, he's like, he's just a casual captain, you know? Like his his salutes are always lazy, except it's, when it's, they need to be. It's not even casual, but it's a it's a matter of respect respect for the character. I can see I can see why this would set people off, especially people who have pronouns other than he have people who are transgender, people who don't fit into the normal boxes. Could see this and say, yeah, Mike Wrestling doesn't care about people who are not him. I mean, yes, other characters in, this, in the book too, but Wilson Cole is our main character. He's our viewpoint character, mm-hmm. and by saying that, it's a it's an implicit, it's an impl- it's implicitly kind of saying, yeah, this is this is it's cool to it's cool to just to sign people 
pronouns because they can't understand and give names. That's yeah, that's cool. It's not cool. It's 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 it's, it's a kind it's the kind of sexism and assumptions that Rachel now Alex and Jane were talking about in those essays. It's like yeah, that's that's just 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 is not kosher in the twenty first century. We we're not going to stand for that anymore. I like that you're using kosher. <laughs> Cause... I, 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 I mean, I grew up in New York. Kosher is part of my yeah. vocabulary. What's funny is, uh, I, as a Jew, I don't keep kosher because I'm not worried about, you know, God striking me down or my community well, but, but, striking me down. But there are these rules. Well, just because it's part of your vocabulary and that's what you grew up with doesn't mean you continue using offensive language. No one has ever... T- Told me that they find my use of the word kosher offense. I no, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it's it's something. It's like a a religious practice, right? A cultural right. practice. Well, yes, yes. I I believe it's. But it's a new. It's a these are these are not you know from like literally you know keeping kosher or keeping halal. You know, halal is yeah. a thousand years old or so, right? And kosher is probably two thousand. Yeah, ish. I mean, it changes too, right? But like, yeah, okay, I don't, so I don't like, I don't like shellfish myself, so I'm not worried about. But I like pork. I'm eating it up all every day. Am I going to hell over it? No, because Jews don't believe. Do you in eat hell. pork every day, Jesse? I don't know. I, I, I may have overstated <laughs> it slightly. You know what? Uh, last couple of days, I have. I, I cooked a ham. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It feels yeah, like it's every day. I'm getting tired of it now. You're not taking issue with Paul's use of the term kosher. What you're saying is he's actually using the term kosher correct. Oh, I am. But the, the difference is from 3,000 years ago, this this cultural practice. Or I, I like to think about halal a lot more because it's a I, lot more. I had no idea, Jesse, you actually were born Jewish. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, I've told moment. you this before. You just don't care because I don't care either. Right? <laughs> no, I, I'm, 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 well, if you did, I apologize for. <laughs> you don't for need to apologize. It's not that important. Well, 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 it is part of your, it is part of who and what you are. And I apologize if you've told me this and I, and I failed to inculcate that into my you brain. You don't need but to apologize because it's not important. It, 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 I, I understand why, you know, you're worried, but I'm not. Um, you should be well, much more well, worried I, I, about my dream, which I found very troubling, in which a friend of mine, uh, for his birthday, asked me to uh, go in uh, red skin. Red skin. He wanted me to paint myself in red paint to yeah, be a red skin. Yeah, that, that, and I'm like, this is wrong, cool. bud. And he I, said, no, I, I, it's for my birthday, Jesse. And I'm like, yeah, but it's wrong. I, I was, <laughs> and he says, yeah, that, he says, he says, well, I'll do it. And I said, oh my god, okay. Because <laughs> it doesn't I, hurt me, really, right? Other than socially, maybe. I, but it was I in a dream. Yeah, but I started rewatching. I didn't finish it. I didn't have time. I started, started rewatching Cartoon last night. Remember the movie Cartoon with Charlton Heston and Lawrence Olivier? It's got Lawrence Olivier in. Is that the Black one where he plays Chinese George Gordon? Yes, he does. Yes, it That's is. a good movie. Lawrence Olivier I love how he's Chinese, even though he's not Chinese. Well, that's his nickname because of his history. In China, but, yeah. Well, Lawrence Olivier playing the Mahdi is, in blackface, is a really, really, really bad choice. Well, they wanted to get a great actor for for the movie, and they... Uh... Yeah, but still, like, no, it, it is a terrible choice. I'm that, sure. That, that doesn't work today. But, and 
and Gordon himself these days is a very complicated character. I mean, well, he's in, clearly he was a he's, fucking he's, asshole. He's, <laughs> I mean, I, you're going I, around I, 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 like I'm leading like Cecil Rhodes. I mean, like he did great things, but he was also a raging asshole. Uh, what uh, what did Cecil Rhodes do that was great? Uh, um, well, he did build a railroad. He put he put uh, Rachel Maddow through university, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a deep cut. Um, so, 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 yeah. So, so we have we like, have we have him to thank for RussiaGate. Thanks, thanks, Cecil. So, so, so I was so yeah, I was start, I started. It's like this feels really weird to watch Lars Olivier wearing this blackface and being the Mahdi. Yes, it's a way to get a quote a name actor but you wouldn't do that in 2021 no way and heck no uh, it, it's so funny though right um <laughs> what, what was the one i sent to evan uh um probably paul no not to paul because he's not a comics guy it was it was, to, it was to will um because he's a comics guy this tweet about um <laughs> a headline about the people who are running the studio that controls x-men are thinking that X Men is too exclusionary as a title, <laughs> so I oh, started yeah, we, speculating on on the, on the different possible names they could replace it with. <laughs> X Folk, X Force. <laughs> no, I said that one's taken. <laughs> so, like. That's the level the people who are running things. They don't really care about the product and understanding the fact that X-Men, you know, is the name of the comic. And if you change the name of the comic, you're not helping. The whole point of making the movie is to make money off of something that's well-known in people's minds. (laughs) That's why you take that product, that intellectual product, and you, you know, get the trademark and you put it up on the screen. And so... <laughs> well, I think they realize that. That's why it's they're they're staying up nights trying to figure it out. <laughs> Victoria yeah, Alonso, I mean, Marvel Studios' new it. president of physical post-production VFX, said many internally think the title X-Men isn't sufficiently inclusive. <laughs> so I say, X-People, oh, too long. X-Folks, too tortury. X-Force, damn, taken. X-Dudes, oops. <laughs> X-Ladies and Gents. <laughs> sort of have it both ways two different teams maybe x-humans <laughs> sort of works how about just xx's and xy's but no asking no wait i got this the xx men <laughs> or xx men oh, and xy men <laughs> this is the x's <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> how can they fucking think like, this is something they want publicly known <laughs> We know there's a problem with the X-Men. We know this. It's not that they go running around stabbing people with their claws. The problem is... (laughs) (laughs) Blasting them with their eyes or causing storms. (laughs) The problem is is their title. The status of the podcast the last few weeks, I'm just asking for a friend. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I think think not. We had Connor on last time, so... I don't remember. I mean, this is why I get for not being on the podcast for several weeks because I go on an ill-fated vacation. I come back to this. <laughs> I just, I just think uh, this is this is kind of my point. Is like it is this book is has a slight political point, and it's basically the leadership of the world is highly incompetent, right? 
what he says about the Navy it's, over it's and over again in this book. Incompetent. Yeah, what he says about the Navy over and over again in this book is is pretty much true of what you know the Pentagon. It's like don't make waves. I'm busy trying to get myself promoted here. You gonna make me look bad if you if you listen to what like people who are running Afghanistan's war in the actual field were saying is they get rotated in. And they're given, you know, a briefing on what's going on in the area under their control. And they say, you know, this is turning green. This one's yellow. This one is red. Right. And then they say, uh, well, we're here for a year and a half. We'll do our best. And at the end of that, they have to have made improvements. Otherwise it will fuck up their career. So they always make improvements. And that's how you get this idea where the Afghan uh, army is now prepared to take over. Um, <laughs> it's because everybody was lying from top to bottom. And it's only the people at the bottom who don't, uh, you know, go along with the program who get kicked out of the military, right? The, the, when you find out the warlords are sex trafficking, uh, having sex with, uh, young Afghans, um, you know, as slaves and you report that you get kicked out of the army. Even though it's true <laughs> because it makes your bosses look bad. And this is in a time of war, theoretically. So I, I think that there's something there. And that's why it resonates, uh, a little bit, but it's not really a science. It's not really science fiction. It, it, that could have been done in a fantasy setting too, I think. It's just set in a science fiction setting. So I, I'm like, do I really need space opera in my life? I'm like, I guess if it's like this, it's entertaining, really entertaining. And frothy and light. That's fine. But I don't, I'm not upset about the world building because he didn't do any. I didn't feel like I needed to need know more about the Gorob's planet. I, I have a whole other real science fiction story for that. It's called uh, Rastanak the Devil by Philip Jose Farmer. Well, Okay, so I so so basically you're defending this book on the basis that it is popcorn because sometimes you just want popcorn. I can understand that because I did, yeah. after getting back from my colonoscopy, did watch the not great remake of Clash of the Titans with Sam Worthington, which is definitely not a great Greek mythology. It. No, uh, it's not good. It looked pretty. It wasn't was it supposed to be in 3D originally. Yes, I didn't watch it in three another, days. Another, uh, uh, you know, another. Yeah, that was a fad that went nowhere. Yeah, they, they're always trying to bring it back so that you and, go back and, to and the you, theater. And you, and you can see, you can, but you can see in the even the two D where they were trying to do three D shots in there, and it's just does like does not work. And it's not a great movie. It's not the original. It didn't need to be Ray remade. Harry the Hansen. original was pretty good. But but it but it, it, it entertained me enough. But then again, I was kind of coming down <laughs> when you're sick. When you're sick. And you're in pain. You'll yeah, take when I was much sick, anything. and not to mention, not to mention, on my way, not to mention, I listened to one world Durant, the life of Greece, which talk a lot about the Greek gods and as far as Greek culture. And I listened to the second of the of the three Stephen Fry reinterpretations of Greek mythology, the heroes. So I was kind of like, I'm kind of on a Greek mythology binge. So I was mm. able to eat eat this up and accept it as it was, even if it's not good Greek mythology. I still think this is a complete off tangent. You could do an Avenger-style Greek mythology series of movies and make a big box office. You could have 
Jason, I'm here to talk to you about the Argo Initiative. You it, can, you can, is you can uh, Eternals right is Eternals uh, like supposed to be the like the Hindu gods? No, they're just supposed to be like gods. Oh, that sucks. Not Hindu it's just gods. Just like a Jack Kirby property from the 1970s. Yeah, I never, yeah. I never read the Eternals, and uh, it didn't. Really... I, I think I see. I think I read like one episode. It one sounds kind of like Vishnu and a few other things. Like the, it, it's a little bit like that Philip K. Dick book. What, what's the one, Evan? Um, with the Greek, uh, where the Hindu gods are fighting it out over a small town in the United there States. Zoroastrian gods. Yeah. Zoroastrian Cosmic gods. puppets. Cosmic puppets. That's Cosmic that's right. puppets. Yeah, that was a good one. It was pretty good. It, it's substantial uh, in ideas and, you know, obviously he's not well versed in science fiction, but there's other stuff going on there. Reality. Uh, what is it? <laughs> this is the opposite of that. <laughs> we know exactly reality what reality is. It's whatever I say is reality. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> reality is always. It, it, I, when I was selling this book to Misa, who I forgot to send the book to, <laughs> apparently. Nice going, Jesse. Oh, my God. Um, I, uh, I, I was, to me instead, cause I wasn't even on the list. Oh, really? Oh, man. I, <laughs> and I, you didn't send it to me. And I sent it to Golan Globus as well, which is a, <laughs> a completely <laughs> mistake. Anyways, um, I was selling it on the fact that it's almost all dialogue and it almost all is. There's almost no, uh, you know, description of what's happening. It's just characters in conversation, very little attribution. You know, you don't get, you get the occasional uh, modifier telling you how they said it, but um, it is it is st- pure storytelling. It's like sitting around the campfire making up a story. In this case, it's a, a science fiction s- setting, but it's it, it, it would it beat the pants off of most of the supposed science fiction s- stories on TV right now. It has. It has um, fun dialogue. It's not uh, brilliant, but it's fun. And the characters are fun. It'd be hard to visualize a lot of what's going on. I don't have any idea what their spaceship looks like. (laughs) It's not a flying saucer. Pretty sure about that. I don't know what the alien spaceships look like. I don't know what (laughs) the planets look like, the uniform colors. Other than that, it's, it's pretty perfectly serviceable. I guess we're done. I think we're done. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Well, what did you what did you think of it? You just um, find it passable entertainment? Yeah, I mean, just no. Uh, just there wasn't a lot of dramatic tension. I would get bored with it, but I, I mean, I re- listened to it really quickly, but yes. it was just like, like it was. Um, I would like get bored with it and have to like leave it. Because I was like, okay, if that's enough of that for now, hmm. I need something more substantial, like the or voice. Just like I need a break <laughs> from this. Like I, I need a, I need a break from this. This, um, this boomer. But yeah. <laughs> this, okay, boomer. Was, uh, yeah. This. Um, yeah, because I mean, I've read like a little bit of Kieran Yaga before, mm-hmm. and that was like better than this. Um, yeah, well, it's dealing with something real, um, in a way that this doesn't. Not that that's you know any more plausible. He's he's really bad with the science there too, right? 
he's got these these planetoids, right? Rather than or not even planet. That's the planetoids. Star Trek, you know, they would always visit some or Twilight Zone. They'd visit some asteroid with like <laughs> the same amount of air pressure as, as the Earth. It's like, hmm, yeah. how does this work? Hmm. He's the yeah. only man on this entire asteroid. <laughs> well, <laughs> he yeah, can walk around I, I, it, and I, I, it's like the Little Prince. You know, it's like, <laughs> hmm, the science here doesn't quite work. Oh, 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 I just, I just thought of another interesting space opera science fiction novel because I'm reading the because se- I'm listening to the second one now because I finished this and I thought I need some real space opera, not <laughs> this. So I, so I start, so, so I started Catalyst Gate, which is the second in Megan O'Keefe's space opera novel, starting with Velocity Weapon, which is set in the solar system. There's a gate to other solar systems and the main character finds out that she's been frozen for a hundred years and woken up by an AI spaceship and her brother Happens to the best of us and, and her brother back in the back a century back in the first timeline trying to figure out what happened to her. There's a lot more science fiction ideas in that than in any of this. So that's, that's, a, I also recommend Mego keep stuff as far as, I mean, and, and if you want more popcorny space, space opera, now I'm thinking about it now, now that we stopped the podcast, I didn't stop my recording yet. Um, uh, what's her name? The uh, brain freaks. What's what's their name? Sorry, KB Wagers novels are pretty good. The Enduring Empire series. There's a series of six novels which are space opera, but there's lots of interesting world building. And they started a new series with the 24th century space, um, basically a coast guard in space. The Neo G, those are also good. There's lots of better stuff than this novel. But even is, for popcorn, but, uh, th- those are those are not rebelling against the Empire, are they? No, they're not rebelling against the Empire. How come? How come? No- how come they never rebel against the Empire? I'm always about rebelling against the Empire. There's this cool series about that. It's called Star Wars. I, I mean, honestly, that's a lot of why people like it, right? And so when when you get into uh, what are they, you know, we're we're not really on the opposite sides. I'm a Sith. You're a Jedi. Can we all get along? People are like, no, get along, <laughs> right? Isn't that why people are upset? Is because they're saying, you know, you can't just do that. It we need to constantly rebel against the Empire. That's what we were taught. And it's like, no, no. Yeah, I don't know. I ha- I haven't. I never, I didn't even see the last Star Wars movie. No, no, me neither. The, the, the last Star Wars movie kind of walks back the, the the second one in that last series a lot, and that really annoyed me. It's like you didn't have the courage to go forward from that movie. You decided to basically retcon things enormously. It's like, yeah, I'm. This is this is essentially and, and, the problem and, and, with series, and, 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 right? And, 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 and spoiler brings back Palpatine. It's like. For no I, every, I mean, I read reviews of it. I'm not like it's, 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 the Star I mean, Wars movie spoiled. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean the movie you're never gonna watch. Up, like, yeah, when Palpatine shows up, I thought like, really, 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 really. The, the I, actor was available, Paul. <laughs> it, it, it just it just felt like a complete missed opportunity. After I mean, I know there are people who didn't like like the 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 Last Jedi and what it did with Luke, but I thought it was a it was it was. 
it tried what, what do you think it may, what do you think it means that every you know honor harrington miles recourse again everybody in all these military sf they're always fighting for the empire and they're never fighting against it because that's actually what this book series is really about right we sort of get it a little bit here but you know you see it in the last one title is flagship it's because he's he's going to like um, destroy the empire because because there's a comforting and reifying order, which is which is really almost like fantasy. Somebody fantasy mm-hmm. is almost like restoration of the yes. restoration of the old order. Restoration Miles Rakorsigan is like a prince, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's 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 cousin to the emperor. He's he's pretty high up. He is fighting for the empire. It's true. They're all, but and, they're all like this, Paul. Like I, I'm oh, seeing, well, and, and that goes well, back well, to well, like the 30s and 20s, right? Well, well, like, well, well, like I said, the Imperials novels. It starts off with a princess and a commoner who kind of cobbles himself into the series. But by the end of the second book, he's ex, he's been cashiered out and is now doing his own thing. And in the third book, he's said fuck all to the to the to the to the monarchy and is doing his own thing while the princess is trying to basically hold it together. So it's kind of like got half of Half of what you're saying and half of, no, I don't have anything to do with the kingdom that screwed me over badly. And and in the fourth book, it, there is kind of a reconciliation, but still he's mostly an outsider for most of that book, too. So, But yeah, but in general, and that's the exception of the film, in general, they fight for the Empire and get sent against it, which is very classic fantasy tropey rather yes. than science fiction tropey. Absolutely. Which, which, makes, which means space opera in some ways is much more fantasy than science fiction. I think I've said that on this podcast, if not in a tweet before, that space opera is much closer to fantasy than science fiction. Yeah. So uh, the Andromeda, Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda show, is about restoring the Empire. Restoration, yes, which is very fantasy trope. Right. But uh, it's never, it's, you know, the ragtag fugitive fleet thing, right? Uh, on the run from that's Battlestar or whatever. But there's, the, the, um, we're the, the hunted ones. We're the freed slaves. We're the, we're the ones in the right and they're the ones in the wrong. They need to be taken down is, uh, it's something I can get behind. <laughs> I have a lot of trouble, you know, justifying the, uh, the idea of, like the girl boss in this book is wrong. She shouldn't do what her order said for her to do. She should not blow up a planet full of five billion people or whatever it was. I think it's five million. Five million people. Right. And, and uh, you know, the fact that they ordered that, that's wrong. Especially since we don't even know what the, what, what the kind of war that we're fighting here is just killing civilians. Right. So I, on your I, own I, side. Yeah, on your own, uh, killing your own civilians to, to, to basically, deny the to basically enemy deny, some fuel. Deny enemy, yeah, materials. It, so, it, so I get, I get, like, um, you know, you're talking about all these other books, and I'm like, it sounds to me like that's part of the reason I don't like Honor Harrington. Didn't didn't make me excited. It made me kind of annoyed, and I'm thinking like it's uh, it's largely because of that, you know. We have a duty to the empire. Miles Vakorsigan. Yeah. Um, is the same thing. It's like, it kind of annoyed me that I'm rooting for this prince to help other princes. And there's lots, like, at least in this book. That explains why you like Falling Free so much out of that series. Actually, I haven't read Falling Free. I just know all about it. 
Um, but uh, I have read other books by her and some of the Miles for Corsican. Anyways, um, my uh, my point is, is like there's something um, maybe to the fact that it is so conservative. You know, keep the empire going. Um, that I'm upset. I'm upset with in general, but I think it's mostly Mike Resnick's, you know, sort of bubbly, easy reading that keeps this working. And and the fact that he, they're pirates, which is very important. Are. Yeah. I think, I think we, we did some progress here. Made some progress. I, I don't regret reading this, but you know, there's other things I could have read instead. But dude, and, you and, read and, so and, much. How can oh, you do oh, it okay. all? Speak, speak, oh, okay, speaking of which, what is next on the podcast, and what are you going to get me the audiobook? Oh, okay, so next, good. Oh um, wow. No, uh, well, well, no, no, well, he after, needs after to do that. This, when he actually send me the audiobook and expect me to show up. Okay, the last of the master. Oh, I thought I'd sent. Yeah, I thought I'd sent it. And it's you. a it's a Saturday. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. And thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash sffaudio. Which wasn't much better. Back in some worse. But you're so, back yeah. on solid food now? Yes, I'm back on solid food and back to normal. <laughs> okay. Thank God. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Will. Maybe Good I morning, sent, Paul. Maybe I sent... Uh, Will, do you remember when I sent the audiobook? Did I send it as a joint between you and Misa uh, via direct message? Because I just looked on her... Yeah. Oh, Yeah. That, did you uh, realize you never actually did send it to me, right? I never sent it to you? You never did. Oh, no. Will, did I send it to you? Yeah, I listened to it. You never sent it to me. Wow. The good news is that I used, an audible, I used an audible credit to say, I wasn't going to tell you because you've been dealing with a lot of crap late, too. I, so I, I wasn't. I should be. So uh, I wasn't. I, I I wasn't going to kneel you like. Oh, you didn't send. You didn't send me the audio book. <laughs> I didn't pirate so, it properly, Jesse. <laughs> What's well, not pirating if we're reviewing for reviewing purposes? That's uh, the you way make, I you make whatever flag flag uh, you want, but so it's going to have a skull I, and crossbones I, on it. The government is coming to, after you. So I went to. Bought it on Audible because you had not sent it to me. I figured, okay, I will just do it that way and that will be fine. No, I, I, I think I fucked up. Um, let me just uh, make sure. Yeah, so I, I called Misa because she was online. And she's like, we have a podcast? <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. Jesse, you've been through a lot lately with your mom and stuff. So, yeah, you know? but that was, uh, th- that was not this week. So what's no, but it's still hanging. It's still hanging over yet, like a sort of Damocles. I think. I think what it is is mice is just too busy. Um, but I'm going to check our joint DMs. Will I think that's probably how I sent it to you both? Yeah, Um, because I send Misa and Will a lot of joint DMs. You don't send that many to me, except to tell me I should uh, get on play uh, 
PUBG. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't worked well. Wait, and you, you ask me this in the middle of my colonoscopy prep. Like, no, Jesse, I'm That's the perfect time. Right now. Um, you, you realize I was running to the bathroom every six minutes? That, that would, that would be not funnier. Been, that would be a great way to die fast in the game. All right. So uh, did we get Evan yet? Calling him. He said he wanted to be on. I believe I sent him the thing. I'm hoping. September 21st. So it should be around then that I sent it to you, Will. Do you remember if it was in the direct message uh, joint or separately? I think it was in the joint. Yeah. I, I remember thinking it was weird that it was in the joint. Yeah, I shouldn't have done it that it way. Anyway. Mm. I'm wondering but when I could I be wrong. It, it might have been in the, like, I mean, I, I remember receiving it and downloading it. Hmm. Fairly quickly, so it wasn't an issue. Well, that's... Yeah. I sent a lot on September 21st. Jeez, I was very... Uh, tweety. I was probably tweety signed. bird. Okay, August... September, yeah. September, 20, September 21st. Huge gap yeah. between August 21st and September 21st. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure... Like, It's just a fuck up, I think. Just a little fuck up. Almonds on the tree, also a spider web. Somebody should make marzipan out of those. Marzipan out of spider webs? That sounds like a horror story. Out of the almonds. <laughs> but you can uh, add in spider webs spider if you like. Hey, you know, Will, um, uh, Gwen Stefani is a centaur, right? I would believe that. You guys are just horsing around at this point. <laughs> but I'm bummed. No, uh, in, in the Elven Quest audio drama. Oh, wow, she plays a centaur in he. the Elven Quest? No, it's a character named <laughs> Gwen Stefani. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's really funny. It <laughs> <laughs> is pretty funny. It's oddly specific. Yeah, I, um, I think I noticed that... Um, uh, Meg was watching uh, uh, The Voice last night, and Gwen Stefani's husband is on there, and I think that's why she migrated into my dream. Yeah, no, that seems I would, reasonable. I mean, that happens to me a lot. Uh, you uh, w- watch The Voice, and Gwen Stefani <laughs> migrates into your dream. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I believe The Voice is a singing show, so you know how... I, I love the yeah. singers. And, and especially uh, you love singing and really like to be up on the times with it. Oh, yes. I, I'm i I'm right uh, with uh, what's that lady who's uh, getting into beef with the White House. Uh, I think she's from Trinidad. Oh, yeah. Nicki Minaj. Not her. If you take yeah. the vaccine, your balls will swell up and your wife will leave you. <laughs> no, that's his her cousin's I friend. I don't know how to react to that. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's she. Well, well, the actual story was she said that uh, she heard from her cousin that her cousin's friend took the vaccine yeah. and his balls swole up, and his cousin, her cousin's friend's fiance, called off their engagement because his balls swole up after he took the vaccine. So you just need to be careful and make an informed decision. You do need to make an informed decision. Wait, what? Decision. You didn't. Yeah, this is you what you were too busy swallowing uh, barium or whatever oh. Gatorade. Didn't know you didn't. You're not keeping yeah, up with the, the important news. The health, 
the health the National Health Department of Trinidad was forced to um, issue a statement that this was not accurate information. Uh, oh dear God! They use I a different um other than not missed anything on my trip apparently. Uh, uh, other than the eight doses they gave uh, to um, the people in Trinidad, they're using a different vaccine anyway. So <laughs> that might that might actually cause your balls to swell. You know, I, I haven't I haven't done the research. Have you? <laughs> Some guy on no, TV says um, they did the research. I I, I believe him because he's on TV. All right, because you're on TV. Because you're on television. Why? Why me? Because you're on television, dummy. The quote network. Your favorite. Was was speaking of which I, I, I vaguely remembered this the remake of Lost Horizon from the seventies back when it was on WPX, and I found it on like Amazon Prime the other day. It's like, oh my god, I haven't seen this in like forty years. It's got Peter Finch in it, and Wait, Michael. Are York. you still? Are you talking Michael, about network again? Or still? No, I'm, talk- I'm, talk- I'm talking about Lost Horizon, which has oh, okay. Peter Finch from Network in it. Right, right. Because Amazon Prime recommended it to me because I had just watched The Three Musketeers, you know, the 1973 one with Michael York. So it said, like, people watch this also like mm-hmm. this because it's got Michael York. They're like, what? Oh, my God. I vaguely remember this. It was – it's got musical numbers. It's the strangest thing. I didn't remember the musical numbers from watching it years ago. It's not a good movie, but it's – Kind of. Are the musical numbers any good? No. What are no, they about? Like, what are the Lost Horizon musical numbers about? Are they like we found Shangri La? <laughs> yeah, hey, kind of, sort of. Take this on the road, Will. Yeah, I, I, I you know, um, well, the road shows the are streets. doing well. I hear. Road yeah, I show. feel. Yeah, it could be a good opportunity for me to get breakthrough COVID in different locations. <laughs> yeah. No, no, to bring it to different locations. Well, if I get, I, I got to get it and get it's, it's, yeah, it's very, uh, reciprocal. Mm. I get it and I give it. All right. Um, to get what you give. So, uh, get what to give. <laughs> exactly. Oh, we're ear warming. Just, doesn't like that sort of thing, so we should stop. No, I, I'm. No, he it, just doesn't it, understand it. Yeah, uh, it's. I, I do also have the problem of earworms, but luckily, it, the people have to be really talented to, you know, get it to stick. And I'm sorry to say, neither. So I'm going to give you an earworm actually. instantly, is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, okay. Wait, I sent it to. I'm looking. Looks like I sent it to Gola and Globus Theater. Wow, that was a mistake. What? Yeah. You're, 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 I don't know how we'll that We'll get them happened. on the line. Uh, yeah, apparently. Uh, wow. So that's probably where the file went wrong. That is odd. And you forgot Paul entirely. Sorry, Paul. I, uh, I'm going to log off now. Yeah. I'm not going to log off. I'm not going to log off. Uh, wow. no. Okay, he says he's joining in five minutes. Perfect. Five you know, minutes. Good, good, you know why that's I perfect? Have, oh, you have, have to go to the bathroom again. I have, I, <laughs> no, I have gaming. I don't go to the bathroom, thankfully. Um, uh, let me find it here. Uh, Fred Astrea is making spring rolls. 
And I said, in the autumn? And he says, don't worry. Yeah, they have uh, little coiled springs inside. <laughs> and I was like, that's fine then. That's uh, a different kind of spring. Alright. Um, this is amazing. What's amazing? Um, let's see, also. So, I'm going to send you... Don't, 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 don't use pronouns without antecedents. Didn't you ever learn anything? Uh, what's, what's the antecedent? I don't it, know, because you said, this is amazing, but you had no antecedent for this. So it's like, so what's this? This. It's like a See good that? way to start your novel, right? You, you start, um, he told me to go to hell. And he said, who, who, who told him to go, who to, who to, who to hell? And then you say, oh, I gotta read this book, find out who the he is. This, uh, did I send you this, Will? I don't think I did. I don't think you did. Well, well. so first of all, you're saying this again, and we don't know what you're talking about. It's in the chat. I sent you a link. So oh, I'm, I, I'm sitting in bed on my phone okay. today. All right. I quote tweeted. Let me bring it up. Something called uh, from the Philip K. Dick fans account. Uh, it says, the cookie lady, appendix dick, the drawings. And I'm like, I'm Jesse. Therefore, I like drawings. Right. So I go and I click on it. Follow the link through, and it's a website, um, and the website has drawings on it, which I like. And I'm like, I'm going to look at these drawings. Um, and the uh, only thing I can see is what I think is the cover of the drawings, which is a black circle with the name of the story. And then on the outside of that circle are the names of the characters that are in the story. And I'm like, okay, this is a nice teaser. When do I get to see the drawings? And then I scroll down. And I, I'm like, this doesn't look like a book to me. This looks like a piece of paper with a black circle on it. <laughs> black circle with it, with the title and the characters gone uh, clockwise around the yeah. uh, thing. Yeah. And, and the okay dick and the date of the story. Right. So, so, so the drawings are very simple drawings. You're calling that a drawing. <laughs> it is I'm a like... drawing. <laughs> so it, 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 it's a character map. <laughs> so I'm like I mean, I mean I'm like it's very simple and basic yes but it's still a character yeah I agree it's a list of the characters um I don't think it's a character map exactly because it's just a list of the characters and uh, they they you know they're down in different colored pencils for different like family members um but uh I'm it's, like it's, 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 okay, I must so be misunderstanding not, something here so I click around. And I, I, I'm like, there's something, there's something, I'm misunderstood. This can't be what it is because who would buy that? Right. <laughs> so I, I start looking around. I look at the FAQ and it says, what is on the drawing? Answer. Each drawing shows all the names of the people in a short story, novella or novel written by Philip K. Dick. I'm like, it shows the names. And then question. Do you draw only the names of protagonists? Answer, no, I also add the names of people, deities, or other sentient beings that are mentioned. Sometimes the mention is indirect or obscure. Sometimes it's very obvious. I don't follow a scientific guidebook for what I add, what I add and what I leave out. I follow my gut. And I mostly opted for inclusion, which is, you know, reasonable. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm still not getting it. <laughs> And then the next one, I'm like, okay, here's the actual picture for the cookie lady from the magazine publication. I, I dug it up. Right? And then I seen, I mean, a character list is cool, 
but calling it a drawing is very weird. And then I well, I, well what would you call it then? <laughs> a character list. I yeah, mean, yeah, but but a list would just be text. It's not text. It's written out and placed in placed in this uh, black drawing format. So therefore, it's a draw format. Therefore, it's a drawing. Yes, it's a very. It's not a roof bear drawing, but still a drawing. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I I would expect a Philip K. Dick character drawing rather than a than a, a, a character well, list when you say that we're drawing. Just because that's what your explanation is doesn't mean. All doesn't right, Paul. Keep digging. Listen to this. Um. Uh. uh this is in. The uh, when you agree to buy whatever it is or whatever price it is, um, scholars' copies. Note on scholars' copies: uh, if you buy a scholars' copy, you agree to pay the artist fifty percent of the profits you might make from a future resale of a scholars' copy. I trust what? you on that. Wait, wait a minute! You can't make that sort of. That's And then I looked up the price of these. They're for uh, forty-five euros. 45 euros. Um, I mean, granted, the business model is insane, but that doesn't make it not a drawing. But still, I would not buy. Like, I, you, you can't promise someone a future. I mean, that means we maybe assuming they sold you on consignment. That's like, $66.77 no. Canadian for a piece of paper with a character list and uh, the author's name and a signature. And a circle. Oh, don't and forget the black circle. Don't forget the black circle. I think the black circle is the thing that's a drawing. It's like a drawing of a circle. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, okay. I, I'm, I'm with you guys. And look, the paper's very, very nice. It's, it's, it's a very drawing. nice it's paper. It's not a very good drawing. It's not what I would expect out of... It's not something I would buy for a drawing. Like, I want to buy... But it's still a drawing. It's a terrible drawing, but it's still a drawing. Definitely. What isn't a it drawing, could be like a Paul? t-shirt. You know, like, you want to have a t-shirt for, like, Beyond Lies the Wub, and so you have, like... Why don't you just get the? Shirt. Why don't you just get the art for Beyond Lies the Web that it actually exists, or draw your own? But, well, well, maybe, if a student maybe, submitted so, this well, to me and said it was a drawing, and I had the power to fail them, I would fail them. If, um, what is the definition of a drawing, Jesse? That is not a drawing. Whatever you want to call it, it's not a drawing. It may have been drawn on paper, but that's like saying you know you draw your letters. Um. I mean, calligraphy is drawing, so sorry, Jesse. I think you're wrong. I think Will and I, I vote you two to one on this one. Yeah, I think it's a drawing. It's just like, it's like the style is like. Shit. um, (laughs) Yeah, well, yes, but that doesn't make it not a drawing. It's it's not great, but it doesn't make it not a drawing. I I mean, it was hand hand produced. It's very grifty to be like, you can, like, you have to, like, give me profits if you resell my drawing. Oh, he's going to trust me, though. Or she's going to trust, trust me. Because he can't enforce that. <laughs> no, but like, uh, I have he's to. Unless he's got a, a contract with you. And, uh, and that's only for the scholar's copies, right? So if I'm a scholar and I can prove that I'm a scholar, which is pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> Do you pay more to get a scholar's oh, copy? Oh, yes. Yes. Don't you worry. There are. Uh, oh, don't forget the shipping. Um, and uh, the person creating this suggests we get the most expensive shipping, which is um, thirty-five dollars, <laughs> thirty-five euros. Shipping uh, shipping these days is insane. Oh, I agree. Uh, I don't even notice. I don't even uh, I, notice that. I do. I have noticed this. However, um, thirty-five euros is like fifty Canadian almost, um, and that's for a piece of paper. No, it's a, it's unfortunately not 
unreasonable these days because it's because it's for a piece of paper um i'm because i've tried to ship photos yes it the shipping is just because of supply chains and COVID and everything else shipping is just out of completely out of whack as far as costs are concerned for anything even a piece of paper so yeah that 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 i will give them because because my company does a lot of shipping of stuff even shipping literature and it's just like what the Bleep is going on. Uh, I, I don't. I don't dispute that it's expensive. Uh, what I'm disputing is that these are drawings. Having colored pencils is drawings. cool and all, and I think we should use them more. But I think that calling this a drawing is to misunderstand what people want about drawings. Well, Jesse, do you have another one? Another like, example? Is, is this person trying to represent some theme in the Cookie Lady? Pictorially. Oh, uh, yeah. Here, here's Water Spider. So w- this has a lot of characters. Put this in the text chat here. So this has a lot of characters. So you get a lot more. Um, and the oh, sponsor's wow. copy. It's and sold the, out. Yeah. The sponsor's copy and the scholar's copy are both sold out. This is the same thing. Yeah, they all look like this. <laughs> yeah. Then that's. But they're hand done. So when when he makes the sco- the first the artist copy he makes an artist copy for himself then he copies that uh for scholars for scholars copies and sponsors copies i suspect because it's got all those science fiction authors in the story that's why it's sold out because get isaac asimov and jack fans honestly honestly if you bought this you have too much money um probably yes and not enough brains don't you don't you want virgil finley's name so nicely written on a piece of paper some people want that but they have too much money but you know i mean they should be they should be buying prints of that was that was done almost at least my stuff is real art that one was done almost 10 years ago 2013 this is an ongoing project this one looks like a flower jesse it's beautiful Uh, uh here's colony which is uh a great story it's not public domain, sadly, although the audio drama is public domain. You can get it for 75 euros if you're a sponsor, whatever that is. And if you're a scholar, you can get it for 55 euros. Oh, and God is in this one. Well, you know. Um, so if, you're actively, if you actively study and or promote the work of Philip K. Dick, you are eligible for a scholar's copy. Evan... I'm going to get you one of these for Christmas. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> what? You're going to have to pay the shipping? <laughs> but <laughs> How is that a gift, though? <laughs> it's not. It's punishment. <laughs> do not send me one of these. That was a joke. I wouldn't do does that. Does he do it's the funny. novels, too? Because yeah, he does the, the novels. novels He's not going to have uh, space in a circle, too. It's going to take... It's going to take centuries to get this project complete, considering he just put out one for this colony for September 2021, and the other ones were done in 2013. It will take literally centuries for these masterpieces of art to be produced. I mean, he's I mean, probably doing a, other a, things, too. Connected to, like, in this case, colony. I don't know, like a toaster? You put a toaster <laughs> in the center? Have- what about the rug? Characters names, completely, like coming out of the toaster, maybe or whatever. That's, uh, oh, that's too it complex. It sounds like you should be competing with him, Evan. 
Between yeah, you've got some colored having pencils. Having an abstract representation of a text's theme, it could be interesting, but that's not what he's doing here. It's a character list. Well, he's got a circle. Right, and the colored pencils. Look, the family members who are this, in the same family get the same colored pencil. What more could you right, possibly want? That- So I was, oh, no, no, no. I, I was thinking, I'm trying to remember who is God and Hendrix in the same family. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, is God's God in, in Jimmy Hendrix. <laughs> yeah. It, honestly, um, it's terrible. This is like, uh, this is the state of art. Now we are in trouble. Art is in you, chaos, you, you, you know who you two sound like? You both sound like Will Durant. Who I listened to two audio books on my drive. I know out. Ariel and Will Durant. No, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think all our arts these days is bad. I, I think it's in chaos. I, 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 mean, I just bought an art history course. That's basically what he was saying. And nineteen thirty. Yeah, start. Well, I would say starting around eighteen ninety or so, yeah. art kind yep. of di- broke yeah. up. Yep. And that's fine because there's a lot more of it, a lot more themes and interesting stuff going on in styles. But commercial, like a commercial art style existed and a Renaissance and style and a, was popular for a while. You know, like we got all those great pulp covers and interior illustrators. Hmm. And then, like around the 70s, it started in massive decline. And well, now uh, there's a lot more people trained in art too. So <laughs> yeah, but they're trained in this, right? Like, like. Uh, they're still classically trained artists. I think. Oh no, like, no! See the the person who's making this academy style thinks this art. is good, and you can see like there's precision work there. Like there's dots. That that black thing is made up of dots, right? It's like a dot matrix printer, except it's a person. So it's not that it's not that the person is completely untalented, right? It's that they're they think that this is worthy of anything. Where they, like it's literally a character list, but I think uh, you're probably trolling yourself by caring about this as much as you do. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, because I mean, Evan's point is that there's just like you know, lots of people creating art, and not all of them are creating this. And you seem to be thinking that all the artists are creating this. Um. Uh, Look, I'm sure there's some good artists out there today. Uh, a lot of them are dying. <laughs> Glenn Orbeck's dead. Um, but, you know, the, the, there's not a big market for great art. That's, you know, like we used to put, uh, you know, paint, paintings on covers of books and commission them. And that's sort of gone away. There are some out there. Hard Case Crime does some. But, you know, the magazine market's almost completely dead. And the book covers, you know, you're buying it from Amazon as part of a series. It's more stock photography, art, and Photoshop. And I'm not down on Photoshop. I'm just saying, like, the market's, you know, in massive decline. And comic books are in massive decline, Will. <laughs> you, you say that like I, it's my fault. Jesse, I've seen, like, uh, <laughs> YouTube videos of people saying, this is how you paint like Rubens. And they do it. Yeah. Now, this is how you paint like Caravaggio. Maybe they're being imitative, but. Well, no, th- that's good. It, I teach my that students. That was the problem in the end of the 19th century, right? You've reached the limit of what 
you could do with, you know, like realism, certain styles. Yeah, like the realist. Yeah. So yeah. people said, oh, I'm going to do the symbolists, or I'm going to, we're going to uh, do oh, the I, I, thing, symbolists are cool. that thing. Um, but people still have this. St- I think there's still people capable of doing those. Oh no! Know, I think this this person is a classically trained artist. I, I, I like looking at the precision work. I think this person is classically trained. However, they think that this is a good marketing thing. And uh, I, I just like, how have we come to this? Well, well the water spider sold out. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if that was an early one. They sold out and they thought, hey, I have a market here. And now I was doing all these other ones and finding maybe not so much. Uh, it's possible. Um, or like the same guy is just buying it all. That's uh, yeah, well with that deal where you have to pay fifty percent of the revenue for <laughs> that kickback to the artist that's after insane. you make a profit. That is insane. <laughs> I don't know what's with that. Maybe we should talk about a book. All right, How do we yeah. talk about a book. Stop playing with your keyboard, Paul. Let's get let's get on this. All right. Um. So I fucked up. Misa was supposed to be here. Um. Apparently, I didn't get it to her hands. So, um, you didn't get to me either. And or, or sorry, Paul. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run that sorry. one forever. Sorry, Paul. Um, you should just com- be more communicative if if you like. Usually, you're, you're more demanding. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah, we're in the podcast. Come, I just come back from the trip. I've had problems with my trip. And yeah, you I know. I not been in, I'm glad not been uh, in you got shape. a copy. Yeah, you're we're all we're all doing okay now. Um, okay, all yeah. right. So I'm gonna just uh, bring up Mike Resnick's Wikipedia entry so uh, I can uh, look at that, and then I think I'm ready to go. Everybody else ready? Yeah. Oh yes. my my yes. Recorders crashed. It looks like. So, no. Oh no! <laughs> Not again! It does that. Sad story. It is a sad story. I got a chicken dinner last night, Paul. Nice. I know it's been a while. It's been a while. Actually, I do that. Okay. Um, so, so I can't make the goddess of Adavar either. Adavar. 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 Yeah. Okay. But the screw by solution is a. Evan will be That's flying fine. during the man who sold the moon. Right. I won't be there for that one. Too bad. <clears throat> screw fly solution. Wait. So what? So what's next week? Uh, it is the last of the masters. Damn it. It has a will By question mark. Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a I, short it, I, story. I'll have, to remain a, I'll have to remain a question mark, but send okay. me the book. All right. That's a good one. It's just a short story. Yeah. Probably 30 minutes. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely. It's about an anarchist society, or the planet's all good. basically anarchist, but there's one like, remnant state run by a computer. That's good. That bitch. sounds good. He's a substantial thinker, that guy. Mike Resnick, not so much. Not so, not here. No, I don't. I, I don't. You know, Kieran Yaga's good, um, but it was, it was, um, it was more. He's he's really good at emotions. Not so good at uh, heavy Sweet heavy lifting. Emotion. Wait, is, you want to come on tour with me, Paul? <laughs> yeah. I, I I I'm generally paid not to sing. So no. <laughs> he goes he on tour not, not to sing. sing. Yeah, pay, pay pay me a hundred dollars or I'll start singing. Start wow. singing. Stop yeah. no! Well, that's definitely not going to be in the podcast. All right. Um, 
Planet Stories podcast. I'm seeing another one listed here. Are we on? Is that one happening? Tiger yeah, that by one's the tail? happening. Okay. Um, that, that's Saturday morning. That's uh, Saturday morning. Is that a uh, available as an audio on LibriVox? Yeah, it is. Okay, good. Um, the man who sold the moon. I must have looked at Goddess Vat Vatabar. That's in October. Mystery of Silmare has been added. Um, that also is on a su- a Saturday. This is something Connor recorded. Um, it's a weird tale story. Um, it's about an yeah. hour, I think. And uh, Lovecraft liked it. Um, also, it's it's set in Florida. Florida, man. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting. It's it's uh, drags a little in the setup, but um, it's a monster tree kind of. It's interesting. Um, Strange High House in the Mist has been added. That um, is Jason Thompson. Um, uh, uh, not audiobook. The um, uh, did the comic book adaptation and Star Beast. Jesus, a lot of Saturdays here. That's at 8 a.m. Yeah, it's 8 a.m. I can do, so I... Okay, oh, and that was Fred's pick there. Uh, Fred was just starting to read the Star Beast, so... So so I'll put my my in for Star Beast, because I can probably do Star Beast. All right. What's Star Beast? Oh, you will love the Star Beast. It's about about an alien who has a pet boy. Yeah. And actually, he, he always has pet boys from the same family. He's been living with this family on Earth for... Oh, no. It's a she, I think. She's Is been... the boy the star beast? I, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yes. Look, these, <laughs> these, these things you get down here. Okay. The things that don't have dates. Let's that, find dates are potential episodes. Like. Yeah, I, I, I we know. just need dates and audiobooks for them. So Some of them should be... Oh, you just don't have audiobooks. Well, them. sometimes... So, Star Beast is on the list there, you see. Um, but it wasn't... Uh, so uh, usually, if if it's possible to get an audiobook for it, I want to do it. But also, we have to actually book dates, and sometimes not everybody's available. So if you see one there, you want to book this, this one. What is horror? I think you could you could add some text to it. You could have like yeah, no, we need or yeah. Lovecraft's article. Yeah, that like sounds that. good. Um, put that in. That's macabre. I have an audiobook for that. Yeah. Okay, you, I gotta go, guys. I'm being called. Okay, today. have a good one, Paul. Take care, everybody. That's Stephen King, right? Yeah, that's a. Uh, it's and, kind of a. It's a very accessible introduction to. Yeah, you missed out on that um, show we did on the two um, books by uh, the guy who killed himself, <laughs> who hung himself. Mark Fisher. Mark yeah, Fisher. I, so good. I had a lot of family stuff coming up well the tempest i just missed the date or i, I actually thought it was friday friday I, I mean i didn't know i was like really oh you thought the day was friday that you were living in yeah <laughs> that's cute um uh, i was really that was before i got word i could go back to taiwan i was getting really depressed it's oh. a good it's a good uh play um my one of my students but now i can I'm just okay. I'm still waiting on my visa though. That's got me a little nervous. But. Well, so um, I I send in like my FBI background check to the visa people, and they're like, "Well, this is fine, but it has to be authenticated." This might be something. Will you understand? It has to be authenticated in the t- Washington office of the Taiwan consulate because it's a federal document. 
They have to so, make sure it's not a fake. The Chicago office can only authenticate documents produced in their region of, of jurisdiction or whatever. Right. So we're like, that's fine, but you have to get authenticated there. and That'll take time. So you can send the local sheriff's report. It's like, well, I haven't really lived here for 20 years, but okay. Whatever. <laughs> I go get the background check for the local sheriffs. There's a hit. Do you believe this? Uh, there's yeah, you a, told me. A, a theft thing. Yeah, I told you. Will here. There's a theft allegation or something. My name was in some incident report. I don't know what that. What's up with that? Two thousand. You do. Well, I don't know if it just because the report. I asked them about that, and they said the reports aren't kept for just incident reports. Is aren't kept that long. They don't have it, but I'm still in the database or something. And I worked a couple jobs that summer. And I just wonder if there was like a, like there was a coworker who stole something one day and he got fired. Maybe I was in the incident report. <laughs> Teacher stealing from school. Because that was my shift, and I left him watch the till when I went to the bathroom. In the stole. school? No, this was oh, uh, when I was okay. at the gas station. Oh, okay. So I was. It was a this new guy. Twenty-one years ago. <laughs> Twenty-one years ago, and I was. Working the till, and there was a new guy, and it's like oh, you—he's just going to do janitorial stuff and shelf stocking or whatever. I'm like, okay, it's night shift, and I'm like, dude, I got to go to the bathroom, so watch the till. And then the the till's off like 200 bucks at the end of the night. And they didn't and investigate they, you. They fired him. They never investigated oh, me. They just fired him. Interesting. And I don't know if when they filed the report, I, my name was on there, but somehow he just took his pay in advance. Yeah, good guy. But he did it really stupid. <laughs> if you would have been around, I could explain. They don't keep very good inventory there, so you just, you know, when someone buys a pack of cigarettes, you know it's five bucks. You just take the five <laughs> bucks, give them the cigarettes. You don't put it in the computer. That's how you steal. Oh my! You don't, God. You don't just take from the till. You just smoke them all. Yeah. Just take take your that. own cigarettes home. Not that I did any of that stuff. I get it. Uh, yeah, um, so Dance Macabre, that sounds like a little bit of homework. Um, if you want to book that. 15 hours or so. Ooh, yeah. Or just the, the, and then the Lovecraft article, at least the introduction, the first what? chapter. Supernatural Horror? Yeah. Maybe you already did that. No, we could do a whole show on that one, I think, because it's, it, it, what's interesting is it's basically a book list and book review list, right? Yeah, that's why you only have to read the introduction. Um, I've, I've read a lot of it. It's not that long. I think it's a couple hours at most. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you just need to pick a date. That's the main thing. And, you know, we can t- totally do that. It's just a matter of... Anything um, in the winter, you're around. Well, 11, f- 11, uh, 21 would be the next one, I think. Let me check. Yeah, do What is Horror and add Dance Macabre and, right. and Lovecraft. All right. Let me, uh... November 11-3. Okay, it's 13, so that would... Oh, that's a Saturday. So you want it on a Sunday? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, Sunday would be the uh, 21st. So, 11-21-2021. Right, I'm, I'm just happy now... That the PDF page is working. It it was offline for like almost a month. Well, how did it get fixed? I, it, it, my brilliant strike of genius came to me. Get this. Um, 
I'm like, I can't, I can't fix the code because I don't know where it is. <laughs> Steam put it somewhere, and I have no idea where that is, and he doesn't respond to my inquiries. So um, it was the files are being misdirected to a directory that has no PDFs in it. So my brilliant idea was we just move them <laughs> into that directory, <laughs> and <laughs> it worked. So now we have two folders on the server where there's like 6,000 plus PDFs. <laughs> I was so happy when that worked. It's like, oh, it's just so, so much easier than to, trying to hire some programmer to fix the problem that I don't even know where it is. So nothing ended up having to be costed other than time. Now, Scott, help me out moving the files over. And, uh, nice of him. Oh, he's a great guy. He doesn't get excited enough about stuff, though. I like that Will's really excited about uh, about communism and uh, the voice. <laughs> and I like that Evan's I'm really excited, excited about, about the voice. I, I, it's Meg who watches cycle. the voice more than me. Yeah, but you're watching but... it with her, so. Yeah, you're, well, you're no, intellectualizing it. Room. Yeah, but yeah, you intellectualize well, it. The room that she was like watching it on like i really didn't see much of the voice yesterday okay. just enough to think about gwen stefani in my dreams <laughs> yeah i don't uh there was no lego in my current dreams but i had a whole bunch of uh dreams last night and some of them were probably didn't get me in trouble like the one about the red paint <laughs> red skinning I, I i think i thought about that because we just re-elected uh, justin trudeau and he's a uh guy who does that for fun <laughs> Yeah, he loves blackface. He loves it. It's his. He's an actor, you know. He likes dressing up. He can't help himself. <laughs> he really can't. So uh, I have a question for you guys. Should, yeah. So the I've been watching The Walking Dead, and yep. it's not on Netflix in Taiwan. So I got two weeks here. Uh-huh. Should, I, should I finish it? I'm yeah, on like season should. seven. <sighs> I don't know yeah, where I am in this to, show, so I and to. it's just become like uh, where everyone is sort of has their own community and they all have their own rule book. It's like they're all playing RPGs and they all have their own yeah. rule book. What society should be? Yeah, you yeah. Got this it, it, extractive yeah, no. fascists, and you got the monarchists, and you got the one where they killed all the men. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of yeah. You should keep pushing it because like stuff goes down. Uh, what's his name? What, uh, who's the? Yeah, I went the, to the part where they they smash Glenn's face in. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, but like even more stuff goes down. Like it, they it's just a good show. Up with new stuff. It's a good show. Yeah, the Glenn's face smashing was good. Um, I'm 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 in season ten right now. I think. I did like this one episode where they have like Daryl stuck in this jail and they make him. Oh, listen the to torture bad music. episode. They make him listen to bad music and eat dog yeah. food. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was yeah. <laughs> It, you know what I don't like about that show is all the relationship shit. Because I don't. What you feel about every show? But I don't know like I, who I the characters that. are. Like I, I, I thought Colonel whatever names in this one was fine. You know, because she's like she's she likes to watch. <laughs> like, like that relationship okay. had no depth at all. That's what you like. <laughs> I think that's pr- probably about right. <laughs> I guess I moved. Yeah, I was glad he finally got to some sex. I was worried about that. Yeah, well, it's not. It's pretty off screen, which is fine by me. Um, 
Let's suddenly get into a lot of details. That would be pretty funny. Um, so I added. Yeah, that uh, would have been. Do you want to read Mike Resnick write a sex scene? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um, I don't really want to read yeah. anybody writing a sex scene. Pretty much. Uh, so I, I put that on for Sunday at eight a.m. Um, Will, do you want to be on What Is Horror? Um, I don't know if I'm qualified to-, to be on What Is Horror. Um, that's a topic because okay, Stephen King tells you what horror is. Yeah, he has an idea. So that's well, a, and it's a wonderful. You get a lot of it's a lot of boomer stuff, like what movies boomers liked and and what you know. What yeah, it's like them. looking into the past. There's a great chapter, actually, Jesse. You may like this. There's a chapter in there on the audio dramas, audio horror. Good, good. Yeah, he, kind of he's a, a fan. Uh, a dead uh, genre. But, yeah. Or, it's actually uh, alive uh, uh, as, uh, on podcasts, but, you know, you yeah, know that. Yeah, but at the time he wrote that, it was kind of a dying thing. Audible's always announcing that they've just reinvented this great new <laughs> thing called the radio drama. <laughs> they keep reinventing <laughs> it because they're trying to get people to listen to more Audible products. Um, I, I, actually, there was a Marvel Wolverine one podcast as well. Uh, which was kind of lame, unfortunately. It was it was well done, but the writing was shit, is what it was. Just really drawn out. Uh, this is the one at 2.32 a.m., Will. Dreamt about the warrior named Wawiko, who had fabulous legend built upon him. One, I was his chronicler. Uh, <laughs> what about a... About the day, it was Thursday. <laughs> it's hard to read this. He fought the Zaffir, which was kind of like a land barracuda. The tenacious grip of the Zaffir's teeth is well known, and so instead of trying to remove the Zaffir from where it bit Waiko, the great warrior simply grabbed it by its hindmost parts and turned it inside out, <laughs> thus inventing the self-latching leg warmer. <laughs> and though too proud to admit it himself, Waiko calls it embarrassment, he went on to find a second Zaffir, allowing it to bite his his other leg. Um, This was by the weekend now, and made a matched pair and invented pants. (laughs) This was a dream you had? (laughs) Yeah, seven hours ago. For for more information about the accidental sartorial inventions of Wiiko, check out my many dream pamphlets on the subjects. These are available from Corner Hawkers, through the dreamlands and recognizable by the little stick drawing of Waiko on the covers. <laughs> it's a little out of the mainstream for me. But I had another one. Uh, <laughs> I have like multiple dreams a night now. It's uh, Sometimes I go weeks without having any and then I get multiple, multiple, multiple ones. Oh, I have many dreams. Uh, just most of them are like like too like murky or like too caught up in like different traumas to like tweet about um yeah sometimes I, they're a little political right yeah or just, i always like, have girls in them so i don't tweet about them either they're all sex dreams oh they're something relationship dreams ah uh, yes yeah i get i have some of those too they're drama um yeah, my, my dreams are all drama, um, or like just like I saw this person that I knew years ago, and that's the dream, you know? Mm. 
Yeah. Well, I gotta go. I'm at my sister's. I All right. Get up and make an appearance. Say hello. Yeah. Okay. I might have Are to you play still a board game with my nephew? Sounds okay. good. What games? Access and Allies. Oh yeah, well, that's cool. He stole my old Access and Allies. Awesome. Game, which I'll crush him on, I'm sure. Excellent. If we if we play it. Uh, if I remember. I'm gonna read this one game. to Will. I should. Dreamt I had a conversation well, with a dying tree. I told it lots of people were rooting for it. <laughs> that we were had been planting others nearby. It said, or telepath, that it knew and was upset about the state of its bark and the poor so- soil. I told folks, but they didn't want to hear it. <laughs> are, are you still here, Paul? No, Paul's gone. Oh, okay, just us. Uh, I guess he had to go game. Yeah. How about this one? Uh, from September 24th, two days ago. Dreamt I took a train to Winnipeg in the winter. It was cold and unfamiliar, but kind of nice. There I found a hotel, and using a jar of applesauce, did what I had to do, namely write Zotar in capital letters on the sheets of a mattress. That done, I let a, pucky, uh, let a puppy lick up the letters. Do you do you feel like you prime yourselves to have these sorts of dreams? <laughs> Apparently, I'm doing a good job of it. Uh, I I thought Zotar. That sounds really familiar. I went looking it up. I couldn't find anything that you know would explain. Maybe it's a message from another dimension. <sighs> Dreamt I was explaining the difference between folk tales and fairy tales to a co-worker. I have a lot of uh, worker dreams. As we island hopped in Northwest Territories. The former was written by a person, usually re- recently. The latter was written by co- the collective unconscious, hundreds if not thousands of years, or thousands or hundreds of thousands of years ago. So I'm giving lectures in my dream, just like in real life. So what do you have going on today? Mm, I'm going to make some pizza with some of my ham. You gonna put some pineapple on that? I hope so. If there's some pineapple available, I have to check and see if we got any. Um, I have to finish editing up a podcast. It's mostly done. Uh, uh, and then I have to get organized for the next podcast, whatever that is. <laughs> the last of the masters, I think. How's your life going? I haven't heard much from you. Oh yeah, I'm worried been, about you. Oh yeah, I've been. I think I've been good. I've been like staying busy in like a positive way. I've been going and doing a lot of things. You were saying you're um, going to your communist meetings again? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm doing a little bit of that and doing like uh, had a good episode of Planet Stories the oh, other good. day that went well. Um, I, I keep those. having to like move. I keep having to move them around. Um, the dates. I have like so much. Yeah, because I have like stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I need to get uh, more study on that. But you know, I think right now I have. Um, I think I have five episodes recorded, um, and I want to record like tw- twelve episodes. Oh, yeah. So get them out. I'm, get them in the can, and no need to hurry. Yeah, uh, mm. and I don't plan to release them until sometime next year, so that's I'm cool. doing pretty well. Yeah, that's on, great. On time, then, I think. 
and I should I should record at least four more next month. Um, I'm I'm not doing any this week because I'm I'm finally taking my uh, I'm getting trained to be a family court mediator. Yeah, I was uh, saying that a, that's probably a good fit for you. Yeah, so I'm, I have that. I have my I have all those classes next week. Um, I'm a little bit nervous about it because I've been sleeping very late and having lots of dreams. Uh, dreams and are good. I sleeping to... late can be a problem. Yeah, and uh, for my class, I can't do that because I have to be in class from like eight to five thirty. How's every your day. sleep hygiene? You go into bed at reasonable hours? Yeah, yeah. I'm just sleeping a lot. Okay. Uh, uh, my sleep hygiene is pretty good. And you have an uh, alarm? Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. Uh, and like I've been uh, the past couple of days, I've been uh, waking up early to practice waking up early and then going back to sleep. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I feel like that's like sort of a shitty thing, sort of <laughs> shitty way to do it. But um, like I woke up at six today, and I was like, okay, I got up and I like sat down and ate a granola bar and was like, okay, I did that. Now I'm going to like go back to bed. Um, <laughs> You know, I I gotta tell you, it's really true. I I don't, you know, I don't suffer depression really, right? But I know a lot of people who do. But I can see, like, when I sleep in, it's usually because I don't have anything I need to do. You know, even though like like I slept until like nine thirty, I went to bed probably around eleven. One day was it last week? I don't know. Yeah, because my classes are um, all in the afternoons now. And uh, since my mom finally got a guy, he's really good. So, uh, my mom insists on calling him Marlon. And I'm like, it's Marlon, like Brando. And like he doesn't know who Marlon Brando is. But uh, he's from the Philippines by way of the Bahamas. And um, he's really great at uh, doing what my mom wants, which is basically not being me and also being able to do what she wants. <laughs> So um, I've been having a lot of uh, sleeping in, which I haven't been before because I was living on dog time, which is get up when the sun comes up and go to bed when the sun goes down. Yeah. Anyway, anyways, um, I, I noticed, like, if I don't have something exciting to do the next day that I'm, like, excited about, then, yeah, I'll tend to want to sleep in more. I think that, that, you know, one of the... I'm no expert, but I read a lot. <laughs> And one of the things they say about um, depression is it's like you want to stay, you don't want to get up. This is what um, Wayne June always says, you know, I can't get out of bed. And I'm like, it's not that I can't, it's just why. I'm enjoying myself not being existing here. Why would I want to get up and, you know, do the fucking, you know, boring shit like the laundry? That sounds boring. (laughs) I'd rather not exist. And occasionally wake up. I'd rather not exist than do laundry. Yeah. So like, death is not scary. It's the uh, the dying part that's kind of and the pain and the you know wheezing or whatever that's involved or the catastrophic accident that's all the scary part. So um, I'm thinking like, is that is that a sign of Jesse being depressed? I'm like, I just need more tricks. I need more tricks because when I was a kid, the only day I ever wanted to get up early was on christmas morning right because there's presents so i used to do this thing where i would go to like um 
I would go to the uh, not the comic book. I do the comic book store too, but um, yeah, Wednesdays like I have no trouble, you know, getting excited about going to the comic book store. Um, but uh, I would buy those little minifigs, you know, and I would open them up, but not with me. I'd open them up with my students. Like I get them to open it up, and then I sort of get the vicarious enjoyment of uh, opening little Christmas presents. Um, and that's it's like I, I think it's mostly like like stuff like that <laughs> to make you want to get up in the morning. Like why else would you want to get up in the morning? Because there's something exciting to do, right? Yeah, something to give you that hit of dopamine. Yeah, I mean we are basically just. Drug computers. <laughs> what else? Uh, what else? <laughs> Why don't we start programming ourselves? Like, a coffee's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I had some coffee this morning. Dude, it's, it's great good. stuff. It's um, yeah. almost no side effects other than I think it makes you poop. I think that's the main yeah, side effect. Yeah, or negative I mean, effect. Drink, I mean, if you drink a lot of it, it makes your heart beat too fast. Yeah, yeah, I've had that problem too, but... You know, I, we're not talking overdose here. We're just talking, you know, a couple cup, a couple cups, maybe a run big cup. Yeah, yeah. We we brew it. Um, we brew it half strength so we can drink more of it. Ah, that's a good reason. Good excuse. Uh, you add sugar and cream. Um, uh, non dairy creamer. Ew. But like flavored, like yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I used to add sugar. I used to add sugar. But then what I about cinnamon? didn't set out new sugar when we moved. I, I've had that before. I I used to go to a place that made a nice cinnamon coffee mm. um, when I was a younger man. Um, I got those cinnamon was, sticks, and I used them to stir. I don't do that every time, but that's fun. And you have a cinnamon stick to play with. <laughs> does, that, does that make you excited? Is that something to get you up in the morning? I, I think it is. I don't have any cream right now, so I'm kind of unable to do what I'd like to do. But I don't drink coffee black. I don't think the, I don't think it was made to be drunk black. Not really. I'm not strong enough, Will. <laughs> you're not strong enough to. You're, I'm not strong uh, enough to be a black coffee drinker. The people who drink coffee black are just stronger people. More more I moral used, fortitude I, than I have. Well, historically, I've drank coffee black, but I just kind of Meg is into the Meg is into like flavored coffee and like the creamer, so it's like around. So I just like mm. use it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do. I've used it before. It's just there's some. The, I I really like the purity of um of the making of it. My mom has those coffee pods. And I'll use them. I just don't... I think it's wrong. I think it's immoral. <laughs> I mean, I think they're very wasteful. You're going to hear me pee right now. I'll allow it. Yeah. The, um... Yeah, we used to have one of those Keurig machines, yep. but... Like, it's just more expensive. It and, is. And, like, more annoying. It is. I can see why it's, like, good for your mom, though. It, oh, it's really good for her, because she's... So fucking shaky. She can't hold things and do stuff. And she has another one too, and an Nespresso machine as well. Oh wow! Yeah, she's she's a coffee fan, even though it's bad for her. She likes it. 
makes her how's shakier. Her, uh, how's her tachycardia? That still... seems to have gone away. She's suffering low blood pressure a lot. Oh, which... that's probably not good. No, it's not good. But uh, she's she's surprisingly well considering how poorly she was. Yeah, um. yeah, it's definitely. Um... And her mom is like 97 and she was worried about her and now she's she's uh out, out of the place she was and back into where she needed to be and her son uh my uncle who's three years older than me um is uh moved to calgary so he's gonna be there to hang out with her more i guess so your grandma is 97 yeah my baba Baba is what you call her in your culture. <laughs> That's correct. I've told I've told uh, Paul that I'm Jewish before, but uh, yeah, I definitely like I've known Paul you a lot less longer than Paul and knew that you were Jewish. This is like I'm not a I'm not very you. Jewish. I'm just regular Jewish. Yeah, no, you're you're you like uh, it doesn't seem to be a big part of how you conceive of yourself. It's, but it is it's the only way I can possibly conceive of myself. I spend all my time showing people pictures of my penis just because it's part of my culture. <laughs> Not because I like them to have pictures of my penis. They just need to know my identity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> it's cute that Paul, uh, Paul gets worried about the wrong things all the time. <laughs> like, like whether you're Jewish or not. Uh, then no, that he needs to apologize for not knowing, even though I told him yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, like it's really fine. <laughs> I so. could probably even I could probably search it up and find find it in a show note at some point. It's not really important. Because... It's like Jesse is Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> is Jesse Jewish? Yep, still Jewish. Is he very Jewish? Jewish? No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, do you like bagels? Love bagels. Who doesn't love bagels? There you go. That makes you Jewish all on its own if you if you if you're not already Jewish. Yeah, I think that's like one of like Jewry's great gifts to the world is the bagel. Definitely. Um, Although I I don't know how how great their claim is, other than you know delis. Um, I don't know the or, the origin, but it's 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 a baked good that's been boiled. How do you not like yeah. a baked good that's been boiled? It's like a donut, but actually you like it as opposed to enjoy it. You know? You eat a yeah, donut, the... you sort of feel sick. You eat a bagel, you feel, like, good. Yeah, donuts are a little bit much. You're right. Like, I love donuts, but they're wrong. Donuts. You really can't. And, like, you know, you go to Tim Hortons here and you get one of those crates of <laughs> donut holes Tim, little yeah tim bits and it's like yeah these are the same thing it's just smaller and i i, I there are some many donuts i would like to try but i you know i can't love donuts the way they may love bagels i don't you, think you it's feel possible good after a bagel you do it literally is true i'm not even a big lox guy but you know lox on bagels are nice yeah, uh, I can tell you're not pregnant. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, no pickles with my locks. 
Well, like, can't you can't you not eat locks when you're pregnant because it's like bad for the baby? Mm, maybe I don't know. It's because they're smoked, right? I think there's yeah, there's a lot of... or, or like maybe just the sea is full of bad things these days. It is absolutely full of bad things. Land is full of bad things too. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, somebody said. What do you think? Ecological novel. What do you think? I, I think that there really is some conservatism in, in you know, uh, you know, the military SF, um, obviously, right? Where you've got the um, the gun polishing novels, you know, where you know at Deathlands or whatever, and they tell you about their Sig Sauer and all the modifications they've made to it while they're tramping the Deathlands <laughs> looking for zombies to shoot, um, but. Uh, I, like, uh, I'm thinking like Triplanetary or those uh, Lensman novels. They're kind of the s- similar, but uh, you get the opposite vibe from Star Trek, right? Yeah, it's it's not very, and it, it's because they have the like the social utopianism built in um, to it. I mean, it's not that there aren't things in Star Trek that conservatives can latch on to. But, because, uh, you know, like, Kirk is, like, a man's man. Um, he loves women. Yeah, he's, and he's, like, you know. He's got he's those like dreamy alpha. eyes. It looks literally like he's got eyeshadow, not eyeshadow, eyeliner on. I don't know. Well, I mean, he, he might. <laughs> I don't know that he doesn't. But he definitely, you know, he looks, he looks very handsome. Spock yeah. looks great, too, and he definitely has eyeshadow on. Yeah, what about Spock? How is I wonder how Spock's doing these days in the popular consciousness. Oh God, uh, he's he's got so many siblings now. Nobody can think of regular Spock. He's just a tool for the corporation to do more do, do more Spock references. Just a tool for just a tool for uh, what is it? CBS? Do they own yeah, Star Trek? Yeah, and uh, Paramount, CBS. Whatever Paramount Plus, it's now called, right? Instead of CBS All Access. Yeah, yeah. The uh, it, it'll be interesting to see like when the great streaming service boom is over. It will crash. I, I think that there. I think it it probably is a bubble, a huge, huge bubble, and that Netflix has been lying about everything and making people think that there is a lot of viewership and there's actually almost none. You know the the way people talk I mean, about. I don't think there's almost none, but well, the way I, I think there is. Um, the way people talk about Elon Musk being like a, it's all like a pyramid scheme. Not that they usually use that word, but they they talk about he, he's a scammer, right? Um, like, well, if he is, he he. Is. Yo, what happened? Hey, so, I don't know. Um, but you were just about to defend Elon Musk again. No, no, I wasn't. I was saying, like, people, uh, people, well, I mean, in a certain sense, I am. Um, people were saying, um, you know, he's a scammer. But I see his cars on the road, you know? I see, like, a lot of people around here have t- Teslas. I don't have a Tesla, but a lot of people have Teslas. I've seen the videos of the rockets going up, right? So, uh, you know, he might be scamming uh, his investors or something. But they're actually legit, legit products on the road. And there are legit products produced by Netflix, as I look through the catalog. But I don't see anybody talking about almost any of the shows. So, 
So you think that nobody is watching most of the shows? I, I don't think saying. they can. Yeah, I don't think they can. So, like, I watched a movie called The Ice Road, which is a Liam Neeson movie, and it's bad. Um, uh, you know, uh, and that was like one of their big ones. And I went looking for uh, reviews and stuff. And, you know, there's some reviews in the official, uh, IMDb places, you know, uh, and, you know, official reviewing critics websites. Um, but if you go looking on, um, on, uh, Twitter, there's almost like no people talking about it. So if somebody's watching it, you know, I watched it, but you probably never even heard of it. Yeah, I definitely didn't hear of it. So how can this be? So my thinking is that... And it's got Liam Neeson in it. It's got Liam Neeson. It's not, a. It's not you know, a, one of his best movies. It's not, you know, box office taken or whatever movie. But it's a, it also has another... Um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's in it. Right? Now, maybe it just needs more momentum. Right? <laughs> but if I was... Um, into investing to try and make money, I would be betting that that what's actually going on is that Netflix is trying to oversaturate the market to dominate. The other companies are saying, look at Netflix. They must be doing something correct. And they're scrabbling to get viewership. But what little we know about the viewership of shows like the Star Trek Discovery and stuff, although there's a lot of chat online about them, is that their numbers are really small. Right, CNN's numbers are really small, but the, just the fact that there's like 500 scripted television shows in 2019, and obviously it's gone up since then. I yeah, think, I you're, think there's you're a, competing for like nothing. You're slicing the pie uh, into you know more and more, and everybody's trying to be the new you know Amazon wants the new Lord of the Rings series to be the replacement for the. Uh, you know, Game, HBO, of Game of Thrones, which, you know, people talked about. You would walk around and people said, did you see that one? Wow, Red Wedding, right? They'd talk about it. Even people who hadn't seen it. And where where is the talk about um, these other shows? Like the fact that my friend Brian Alexander's watching Foundation is not that big a shock. But I haven't seen it. Because I'm well, not in one of those. You have Apple TV, right? Like, no, but um... I, could, I could torrent it. And I, yeah, there's a like a, a real lack of reviews of things that aren't on the like, I don't see a lot of people reviewing a lot of TV shows in the like, you know, maybe you don't need to review the uh, the uh, the voice. I hear occasionally like um, somebody will watch, uh, you know, for all mankind or something and mention it. But I don't feel like uh, like it, it's possible. I'm just so disconnected, but I don't think I'm wholly disconnected from everybody. So I'm I'm wondering if uh, it's all like a uh, it's all going to collapse. Yeah, it's a question of. Um, Are you eating a bagel right now? Yeah, I am. You I mean, bastard. it's a grocery store bagel, so it's like. It's okay. It's like just okay. Yeah. But uh, the uh, I'm thinking about is like uh, net. You know, Netflix can 
like Netflix, Netflix can withstand subscriber loss, right? Like they're just like they have, yeah, they're built for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like Hulu has some kind of model that keeps them alive because they are where you go to access network television. Yeah, it's not available um, in Canada, but yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, and like Amazon, of course, you know they can. They've withstood losses for years on things. That's just their whole business model. Yeah, except their real business model is taking money from the government. Uh, first, AWS, um, their servers, right? Mm, yeah. That, that, that's where they make all, like, me not getting, if you're on the internet and you're not using Amazon, it's very unusual. It was very hard for us to not uh, use Amazon, and we're still using Amazon, just not for everything. Just for very one very minor thing, but everybody else uses AWS, which is Amazon Web Services, and that's their real profits. Hmm. I guess I didn't know that. I know it's 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 fascinating. Like uh, w- what lies beneath the common knowledge is huge, right? Like the fact that did you know that Hunter Biden? Uh, became an officer in the Navy at age 43. No. It was a cutoff. The, the, the legit cutoff for regular recruitment is 40. And but like, why how did he do this? You should figure out the answer pretty quickly. He's going to have a political career. And that's a cheap way to get credit, right? And, of course, he didn't join the regular Navy. He joined the reserves, which means he doesn't have to worry about getting killed. And guess what his job was? Public relations. <laughs> and, you know, like, um, and also he didn't, like, go to uh, um, West Point. He didn't go to Annapolis. He didn't go to any military uh, school. He just got an appointment. To be an officer in the Navy. How does that happen? Because your dad's the fucking senator from uh, that place, and then your dad's the president. That's why. What's um? What's Hunter Biden doing now? You seem like the expert. Oh man, it's fascinating. So he he's you know after after the Navy, um, and his drug rehab, and he's having all his teeth replaced. Which is crazy. Fucking horrible pictures. Um, he, uh, he was working on the energy board, uh, in Ukraine, a job mm-hmm. where he never actually went to the Ukraine. Um, and that job mostly consisted of putting his name on the energy board's name and then introducing his dad, who is the sitting vice president to, uh, to the head of the energy board company, you know? Um, yeah. And then, um, so now his big career move, other than writing a book, in which if you type in Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden smoking crack into Google or Bing, um, that interview comes up with him promoting his book. Uh, you have to dig a little deeper to actually get the video of him smoking crack. Um, he, uh, he's, his new thing, uh, this is a bulletproof scam, my friend. Bulletproof. He is an artist. And as a new artist, his paintings are expected to receive between seventy thousand and five hundred thousand uh, dollars 
per sale. And the sales will be anonymized so we don't know who purchases them. That's to keep a, uh, we're told it's to keep a, <laughs> a, um, Chinese wall, except they wouldn't call it a Chinese wall, um, between, uh, the White House and the purchasers of these paintings. Can you believe that, Chet? That's funny. Now, uh, do you think that the, the we're we're talking like Virgil Finlay or uh, Alan Anderson style art here? <laughs> you think it's going to look really pretty, and you're going to see uh, sunsets and people staring off into them, or do you think they're going to be somewhat more abstract? It sounds like they're investment pieces. It sounds like you'd be foolish not to invest if you're a richie, because yeah. it's free access to your your uh, painting's dad. It's all a big scam, my friend. Yeah, well, I think the whole world of modern art is a big scam, right? Uh, clearly. Play. But they're scamming themselves. That guy who who's selling uh, drawings of Philip K. Dick stories. I literally, I, 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 I'm, I, I thought I must be going crazy. <laughs> so I kept looking and looking and looking. I'm like, nope. And then... <laughs> I said to my mom, I was on my phone looking at this. I was like, this has got to be wrong. She said, you're clearly wrong. <laughs> oh. Yesterday, she was really mad at me because um, I couldn't f- fix the thing in the dishwasher she wanted me to. She wanted me to tighten some bolts because she thought that was the problem. And I'm, I looked at them, and they're really small. So I, I used my phone to, like, image, you know, zoom in to see what kind of head it was. And um, it looked like a proprietary head to me. Um, it turns out it's Torx. Uh, most likely it's Torx, although it may be a proprietary head that looks a lot like Torx. And uh, she, of course, does not have Torx, which is a 1967 invention. Um, you know, because most people have Phillips and flatheads in, in Canada. We have Robertsons, Right. So she was like, you're so negative. <laughs> like, all I can tell you is the dishwashers today are designed to cause you to replace them every couple of days. And the fact that they don't use a simple head is part of the process of making it harder for you to service your own shit. And she's like, you're so negative. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't know what you want from me. And she says, go get the Allen wrenches. I spent like half an hour looking for Allen wrenches and, uh, she has one. <laughs> I have all, all the Allen wrenches here, here at my house, my apartment. And, um, I know this because I had to fix something in her house while she was in hospital. I had to come here to get the Allen wrench, uh, that would fit it. So yeah, it's uh, we need. This is why. This is actually why, uh, largely why my personality is is as it is. I think is because um, my mom says something. I think it's true. As a kid, and it turns out she's wrong about stuff, but she says it authoritatively. So you say things authoritatively. She's smart. She knows stuff. You know. Yeah, you're. It seems like your mom is smart. She is, but she's uh, she's also wrong about a lot of things. Like, yeah. you know, uh, working, she she thinks she's going to get NDP party 
lifetime membership, which she probably will. I mean, it makes sense. It's something doesn't cost the party very much, right? Yeah. And it's a reward for doing all this free labor. Um, but all that free labor to get very little federally, right? What this, what did this election get us? Luckily, Justin Trudeau didn't get a majority government. So I guess that's a good thing. That's, I mean, it is, but you know, when I'm going w- through with my student, you know, who has the best, uh, plan for, um, climate change? NDP platform is not good. It sounds better than the others because they aren't saying let's buy a pipeline. But they don't say, let's not buy a pipeline. You know? Yeah. Like, I can't see NDP, like, representing the parts of the country that it does and, like, actually being against the pipeline. It's, uh, you know, the province is both for the pipeline and against the pipeline. Um, but the, you know, the guy she thinks is great and who is a Star Trek fan, John Horgan, um, you know, he is largely responsible for sending the uh, cops after these natives who are trying to block access to the pipeline going over their lands. He's largely responsible for that. Yeah, despite his being a Star Trek fan. Yeah, despite his being, and despite, you know, him seeming to be a nice guy, the real politic is, you know, if you... uh, But the thing is, is... uh, I think we're I think we're just fucked, Will. I I don't think I I don't think people are uh going to come up and chop heads off. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it's a question of stopping climate change at this point. It's like how is the human race going to survive climate change is um well, I'm going to have to get I, another air conditioner, clearly. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it seems like you might have to have some kind of smoke filter for your life but uh yeah you you get the fires every year right yeah it wasn't as bad this year we did have some but yeah we do live right next to a forest and it gets dry and then catches on fire and all that that's bad but how are you going to survive Oh, well, you know, no water near me, so um, I guess I won't get flooded. Um, but is there any to drink? I think that there is. Um, uh, lots of groundwater, but we'll find out. It seems like we get adequate rain. Um, our su- our winters have been getting very mild, um, mm. I think is uh, the main thing that has been happening getting, to us so far. Are you getting snow? You know, historically, we get a lot of snow, but uh-huh. lately, not so much. Yeah. We, we we tended not to have snow. Like, you know, uh, down on the coast, we would get a couple of snows a winter, maybe. But, you know, you go to Calgary, and it's it snows all winter. It's very light snow, but it's snowing all the time because they don't have... They're so high up, and they're, um, they're uh, on the other side of the mountain, so they don't get the... Uh, it's very dry there, whereas here it's very humid. I, d- I don't really have a lot of context for the rest of the world. Um, I've been to other places, but, you know. The Guatemalan jungle is hot, Will, and it's also steamy and very humid. 
how do you know? I've been there. I'm just saying, like, I, 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 I don't have, like, I don't, I've never been to Kentucky. I've only seen it on, um, on movies and mo- most of those, uh, most of the Justified was filmed in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. I think they came here a couple times. Yeah. To, like, um, but yeah, they, um, yeah, they don't get the they don't get the distances right and justified. Although that's okay. But the, um, even the landscape, I don't think is right. You know, they'll find some maple trees or something um, in Los Angeles, but they're not the right distance apart. I don't think. Right? They 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 can do a lot with what they have in around L.A., but it is a desert. Whereas, yeah, you know, yeah. they're not in a desert, right? No, not it's even a, a little. It's it's more forested, but it's not as yeah, it's, densely forested as I think here. But I'm going all by what I've seen, you know, on the internet and stuff like that, and on TV shows. I don't, I don't even know of a lot of movies set in Kentucky. I don't think there are that many, because um, like I'm just trying to think. Probably some uh, historical uh, ones. Maybe, um, like I think that Justified is the main one, um, because like, I mean, are there are there many programs set in BC? Well, um, yeah, uh, yes, um, most of them are fake, you know, like the TV, sh- the not set in BC, um, like. Filmed in BC, obviously BC because it's so BC like. Um, but you know, there's lots of Canadian shows that you probably haven't seen, right? Like uh, when I was a kid, there was the the Beachcombers, which is the one my dad was on, and the one uh, his boat was on, and where it was filmed, where he lived. Um, and then that was set there, right? And then there's. I guess you're one of the more famous parts of Canada. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of Calgary shows. There's a couple of movies and, but and you know there's some Toronto shows like Forever Night. Have you ever seen Forever Night? No, dude. Great show. You'll love it. You might be able to get your GF to do it too. It's um, it's it's just like Highlander except he's a vampire. Oh, you were telling me about this show. Yeah, and it's set in uh, Toronto. Yeah, I think we talked about it when we were watching when we did uh, *Fra the Phoenician*. Ah, yes. You know that, like, that's something I thought about when I was reading this book. Is mm-hmm. it like kind of reminded me of *Fra Phoenician* a little bit? Okay, because it's just like a series of anecdotes, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think *Fra the* Pho- I don't remember *Fra* that well. It's been a while. Yeah, well, you know, it's fine. Uh, Fra the Phoenician doesn't remember you either. No, but I'll I'll get back to it when I show note it. I'll be, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, I remember. I'll remember it a lot better. I, I honestly barely remembered this book we did um, today, uh, other than it was really an enjoyable read. But There's not much to remember about it. It's not super memorable. Um but I think there's there's something very much to the idea. Like I don't think Mike Resnick was a big military guy. <laughs> he no. has to write a military SF thing because it's popular, 
So he says, how can I get out of this? Okay, I'll get him out of the military. <laughs> and it just becomes, you know, Star Trek uh, with uh, rebellion because I don't want to be in the military, <laughs> which is perfectly reasonable to me. Who wants to fucking take orders all the time from idiots? And more importantly, yeah, politicians know. who are informing the idiots and the people sucking up. It's horrible. There's, there are a lot of movies set. I'm looking at a Wikipedia entry for a film set in Kentucky. Um, you know, The Hustler. That's a classic. Um, the Kentuckian. <laughs> Kingsman. Wow, both Kingsman movies are set in Kentucky? That's surprising. What's the Kingsman? Uh, it's kind of a rip-off, um, of, uh, um, based on the comic book series, The Secret Service by Mark Miller and, or Millar and Dave Gibbon. Um, it's basically, it's James Bond ripoff with a kid. Uh, oh. How are they set in Kentucky? I'm not sure, but that's what it says on this listing, and both of them are. It, what's funny is, is the, <laughs> the vibe is, the vibe for the show, or the movie, it stars Colin Firth, Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Caine, and they don't mention the main actor. <laughs> right. um, Michael Caine's um, version of James Bond, which is uh, eluding me right now, but he did a spy show, is the is the look like he's basically a nerd looking guy, and uh, so. Yeah, that's a show that doesn't really need to... A movie doesn't need to... Battlefield Earth! There you go. Set in Kentucky. Yeah. There was a there was a Pam Greer movie set in Louisville called Sheba Baby. Sounds good. Uh, um, I like Pam Greer. Where, yeah. I mean, so does everybody, right? Who doesn't? Like, and are you looking... Uh, are, you, are you doing a male gaze on her right now? Because that's not appropriate. <laughs> doing a male... You've done a male gaze on Pam Greer. I'm doing a male gaze on, on her right now. Let me just bring up some pictures. Bam Greer. She was in a bad uh, movie by um, John Carpenter, unfortunately. Yeah, I think she was in a lot of bad movies. Yeah, but she's also in uh, Quentin Tarantino's best movie. Uh, Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown, which is not so Somehow I haven't seen that. It's really good. It's so subtle. As you know, like it's it's like Quentin Tarantino toned down because he's doing the book, right? It has you know the Samuel Jackson, uh, which he liked. Everybody loves Sam, Sam Jackson. He and I are on uh, first and last name basis. <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> uh, I call him Samuel L. Jackson, and he calls me nothing. Um, but he does know I'm Jewish, unlike Paul. <laughs> yeah. He's very sensitive to these matters. Yes, he is. Um, uh, yeah, Jackie Brown is, it's much like the book, um, which is good. And, uh, and it's, it doesn't feel indulgent. And it's, it's sort of his most mature work. And I, I think everything he's done is really good. Actually, maybe his best movie is actually one he didn't even direct. It's um, True Romance. Have you seen that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, it's, he's, he likes comics. Of course he love it. 
It's very simple psychology. Does the character like comics? Therefore, it's a good movie. I also like that he really likes Elvis. I find that to be a charming trait. Yeah, and I'm not a Elvis guy, but he, he likes Elvis. That's fine. He's enthusiastic yeah. about it, right? Yeah, that, but yeah, that's a good movie. Great movie. Uh, I, what else do I... I mean, I like... I like most of what I've seen by him. The only thing I didn't like by him was Hateful Eight, which I just like. It's a Western. Was, yeah, but it was just like, it was just like too much. Like, I kind of fell asleep during it and there was like it's all long. this like hangy stuff. It's long. Uh, yeah. Um, but, um, I liked, uh, I, I haven't seen Kill Bill in years, so I can't mm, speak not, about whether not, I like not it or good. not. Too long. Too, con- too convoluted kung fu-y. I, I'm not um, a big kung fu movie guy. I I don't think they're all that. I, I want I want to get into them, but like Meg can't get into them, so I yeah. like like it's we tough. watched one with one of our friend. We watched one with our friends, and Meg was just like totally checked out. What about um, Shang Chi? Is, is that would that work for her? Uh, probably probably not. I enjoyed that movie. Oh, I is guess. it good? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like. Um, it didn't feel like it was the exact same Marvel movie as all the other Marvel movies. Um, so that was kind of cool, I guess. What, 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 what about the sidekick girl who's always like? She's really funny. That's, she she's okay? Because like, people yeah, were. Yeah, she kind of carries the. Right. I was gonna say she kind of carries the movie right. in a lot of ways. Good. Um. Uh. But uh. I mean, it's clear they were trying to make like the Asian Black Panther, and I don't think they succeeded oh, no. at that. You just really. I thought Black Panther was one of the worst movies. I mean, I think really it was, upset so what did you not like about it? Well, first of all, they don't really know what they're doing, right? They don't really know what they're doing. They've got this idea of it's a kingship and he's, he's the king and he's the inheritor. And then there's the other son and then they go back and forth and they use this, the magic, uh, was a metal that both heals and harms. That all was stupid. And then there was the fucking horrible CGI fight scene that the end that takes forever that they always do. And like, I, I like the idea of, of, um, you know, Black Panther in the United States. I hated Wakanda. I thought Wakanda was like the, what Nancy Pelosi was doing with her, um, kente cloth. <laughs> it was like a bunch of Hollywood guys saying, Africa's like a really good place, you guys. <laughs> and, you know, there's no reason they couldn't have a whole black culture that's all black. And I'm like, thank you for telling me what you think, white guy. Thank you for telling me how black people, and look, you hired a lot of black people, and they say white people are bad. And they don't know what they're doing, and that the black people can help them. And then you've got this other story going on in the States where it's like there's a neighborhood that's run down and we're going to help them somehow, but actually doesn't. So I, I thought it was pretty muddled. I think a lot of people think it's the best Marvel movie, and I think there's something fucking wrong with their brains because I, I don't I do not like it at all. What did you think? How did you it? like the how did you like the scene where like they were um, had their secret agents embedded in Boko Haram? Oh, it's like, what do people know about Africa? Hold on. That's exactly uh, right. That's exactly right. Um, uh, the, uh, I mean, I think like, 
I mean, I thought like the Wakanda stuff was like pretty awesome, but like you had to have this whole like CIA agent saves the country, like that, like is like currently being destroyed by a CIA agent. Um, yeah, they're like, they're, they're allowed to be the bad guys, but they also have to be the good guys. Yeah, um, it was weird that there was like I thought it was funny that there was a car chase scene in Korea, um, just sort of randomly, of course. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, they're not. Well, they're not. Uh, they're what, designed what do you think by the committee. Best Marvel movie is. Do you? Have oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. I mean, we, we can go over like. So obviously, the first Iron Man movie is great. It's great in a different way than the other Marvel movies are. It's great in a way that you you know you want to watch a Marvel movie from now on. <laughs> so that now the second Iron Man movie, third Iron Man movie are garbage. Um, no redeeming features other than, you know, occasional scene or something, right? It's just not, but that, that sets an, up a nice pattern. And then, um, Ant-Man is an amazing movie, really fun. I was going to say Ant-Man was, is probably like it's, at the top of my list. And Guardians of the Galaxy. Beautiful story. I like story. that one a lot. Beautiful story. But ultimately, the best Marvel movie is Thor Ragnarok. I didn't like Thor number one, didn't like Thor number two. Maybe that's, that's number two. But Thor Ragnarok is terrific. Really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that, I remember liking that one a lot. Um, I, I'm not, I feel like, I, I, I think if, if you want us, you know, Jesse, you're going to have to watch one more Marvel movie today. And it has to be one you've seen already. I, I would, I probably wouldn't watch Thor Ragnarok. I'd probably want to watch, uh, Whatever the shortest one is. <laughs> no, no, no. I I don't hate them. Um, probably Ant Man, even though I've seen it too recently to because it's uh, I know it's good. I know it's and not. It's, it's, it's not it's perfect. It's like a heist movie, you know. It's yeah, like that's fun. fun. But um, no. I mean, I'd have to look at the list again. But it's definitely not like like the Captain Marvel movie was bad. It wasn't good. Uh, See, I liked it, but it was just like it was like good in the same way that the book we just read was like good. Uh I liked I liked uh, Wilson Cole, even though I I know he's um, completely pastiche. He's just he's just a he's just a Captain Kirk figure without the good looks. <laughs> yeah, no, he's totally Kirk. Um, yeah. I, that's what I was telling my dad about this book. Mm. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I like, um, I think I liked the, like, uh, um, I liked the nineties period piece aspect of Captain Marvel. They got me with the nostalgia and the, like, yeah, you know, the Gwen Stefani fight scene. I, um, I, I, I was okay with it being said in the past. I just think. Gwen Stefani. Was Gwen Stefani in that movie? Well, no. Well, they uh, they have her do a fight scene to a Gwen Stefani song. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, that makes more sense. You know, uh, I think it was basically just it was it was the most marvelly of all the Marvel movies. Um, unless that was Avengers Endgame, which is you know, uh, but that at least had some. Uh, I think. It, Infinity War is better, actually. I don't, I don't, they all sort of blend together, but, um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I like Deadpool more than I like the, uh, 
<laughs> I should I should say I haven't seen the Deadpool movies. I should see You those. should. They're they're very entertaining. Um and they're more new they're more about new mutants and um X Men, really. And and they're good X Men movies as opposed to bad X Men movies. And they're set in Vancouver as well as being filmed here. Which is weird. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he makes it explicit, you know. Um, here's uh, something I wrote. You probably didn't see this because I'm writing too much. Um, last night, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek, but I don't do like a big long thread on everyone. said, the original Star Trek has a number of tricks used to resolve plots. Uh, most of them involve Captain Kirk giving a speech. For instance, bluffing. He bluffs on the regular. And so uh, I'm thinking about the Corbomite maneuver, which he used in more than one episode, one called the Corbomite maneuver and another one where it was just just the same Corbomite maneuver, but they didn't call it that. Um, but no, they, he literally says Corbomite again. Uh, Kirk also wagers, wow. which is relating to, which is related to bluffing. So, uh, uh, game masters of Triskelion, right? They have a, uh, he wagers with the Metrons who are, uh, bidding in quatlus 400 dollars 400 quatlus for the human <laughs> whatever right uh so he gives them a wager and they free he frees the slaves on that planet um but the single most common gambit kirk employs is kirking and i've mentioned this uh, a bunch of times but i i feel like i'm writing an essay so i i'm working on it polishing it up kirking is the art of arguing through deduction Submitting premises, checking them for validity and soundness, and offering a conclusion. Most, mostly Kirk just Kirk's computers. But near the end of Mirror Mirror, Kirk Kirk's Mirror Universe Spock. Kirk, how long before the Hulkin prediction of galactic revolt is realized? Spock. This is alternate universe Spock. Approximately 240 years. The inevitable outcome? The Empire shall be overthrown, of course. Uh, Kirk. The illogical waste, Mr. Spock. The waste of lives, potential resources, time. I submit to you. <laughs> Your empire is illogical because it cannot endure. I submit that you are illogical to be willing, uh, to be willingly a part of it. Spock, you have one minute and 23 seconds. Kirk, if change is inevitable, pre- I'm not very good at doing uh, Shatner, but it's fun to try. Predictable, beneficial, doesn't logic demand that you be a part of it? Spock, one man cannot summon the future. Kirk, but one man can change the present. Mr. Spock, I'm adding in Mr. Spock. Uh, be, the, be the captain of this enterprise, Mr. Spock. Uh, Kirk, find a logical reason, sparing the Hawkins, and make it stick. Push till it gives. You can defend yourself better than any man in the fleet. Uh, Mr. Scott says, Captain, get in the chamber. Kirk, what about it, Spock? Spock, a man must also... Oh, no. A man must also have power. Kirk. In my cabin is a device that will make you invincible. <laughs> Spock. Indeed. Kirk. What will it be? Past or future? Tyranny or freedom? It's up to you. Spock. It is time. Kirk. In every revolution, there is one man with a vision. Uh, Spock. Captain Kirk. I shall consider it. And then the next episode is like uh, the one where Nomad shows up and he says, you're uh Wrong, I'm not Roy Kirk. I'm the other Kirk. And he says, error, and then goes into a, like a Kirk, uh, Kirking mad AI loop and self-destructs. 
And it's like that, uh, as I said at the end of this, I'm like, Kirk drops logic bombs almost every second episode, it seems. And for some reason, probably a logical one, we never ever tire of it. it it's so weird to, to think like, they never do this on modern Star Trek, right? They never have some guy give a speech that is a logic, uh, you know, logical deduction. It's all emotions. And it's like, we're friends and I blew you up. <laughs> the bad guys get blown up or shot. So that's why the show's good is because he's like, he's like, okay, you submit your script to me and now we get, get the Sp- Kirk speech at the end. It's like, like a book of tricks. Don't you think? I don't know. Um, hey, the, the, sorry, I was checking, checking what time it was. The, uh, I mean, certainly there's something to the Kirk speech. He, he, he gives a speech a lot. Right, the, the one with the Kangs and the Yangs or whatever, the communists and the Americans. At the end, he tells them what their docu- founding document is all about. What's that? Oh, the Omega Glory. That's the one. Yeah, it's been a few years since I've watched TOS. I. Uh, That's the one where they go to a planet. I know it bears three watching. It's uh, it, it, he finds the Asians fighting the Americans. And, uh, and he says, you don't know what you're doing. This isn't a sacred document, like a, from a holy book. It's your founding document. And it's like the Declaration of Independence or something. <laughs> it's a good one. I remember the, I remember the planet based on the book Gangs of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's another excuse to use, uh, uh, sets, uh, that are already built and the costumes that are already available and, not have to make a new whole bunch. It's like a bottle episode, except you do it outside, right? Yeah, yeah. The um, how low the budget was on original Trek is really something. That's what. That's kind but of I guess my Trek point. Is a low budget show, but like actually, it was pretty. I mean, it's a pretty high budget considering you know, all this effects work. But it only ran for three seasons, right? And this was when there was almost nothing on television. What was so amazingly competing against it uh you tell me three shows that ran uh in the three seasons of star trek 66 67 60 uh oh 67 66 67 68 yeah you tell me three other shows from then and i'll be surprised yeah well i'm not really into 60s television so who is right the wild wild west maybe (laughs) um Maybe Gilligan's Island, uh, that's probably around the right time, right? But, you know, we might get a Gilligan's Island reunion special, but, uh, we don't have 700 episodes of, uh, Gilligan's Island, thank God. <laughs> Maybe there are seven. No, no. It ran for a few seasons. But, uh, it, it just astounds me that, um, you know, it's understood, but they don't understand it as well. They, they understand it's a product that they need to replicate, but they don't understand why the replication process is failing. Or if they do, wh- uh, why other people aren't understanding why it is failing. And they're just, ta- they're, they're, they're drinking the, uh, the Star Trek t- tea, but they're not understanding, like, what they're getting is not pure. I don't know. I'm sort of working on a my own Star Trek book, clearly, although I'll never publish it. I'll just keep writing. 
bought it until I finished, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. You got to go do your life, though, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking about how um, Star Trek communist loves every iteration of Star Trek. Yes. He will die on that hill. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll die for any form of Star Trek. I think I think it, his strategy is, if it is a strategy, and if it isn't, then it, you know, it's just how the system works, is actually a really good one. Because... Um, he seems to be a true believer. He's handing out the literature, right? He's, you see him holding the, holding the booths in public places and not getting much traction. This is getting a lot more traction for communism than, uh, I don't know, DSA meetings. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but I, yeah, I, I don't think it's intellectually justified to say Lower Decks is, a great show because I've seen it. It ain't that great. He was, he was repping the animated series recently. Yes. I saw that too. And, uh, it's not good. I watched, tried to watch the first episode. It's really badly animated story is way too slow. Um, I know there are other episodes than the first one, but you know, you have to get into a show. So not that one. When, when will I get into it? Maybe never. Yeah, maybe never. Maybe never. I think they're pulling yeah. it off of Netflix, anyways. Yeah, I um, yeah, I've never watched it. I don't know if I ever will. Um, anyway, it was good talking to you, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll um probably be on the. Is it Saturday or Sunday next week? Let me look. I think they have a bunch of Saturdays coming up. Uh, let's see here. It was it Saturday four o'clock. Saturday at 4 p.m. Yes. Does that work for you? That's like three hours later, right? Yeah, I think I'll be there. Cool. Yeah, I think I'll be there. I'll let you know if I'm not. Okay. I'm going to take your question mark off. Now you're committed. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, just get me the audiobook. I will. It'll be uh, not too long. Uh, Hopefully, I'll get it to you today. All right. All right. Take care, Jesse. Have a great one, Will. I want to see you on the Twitter. You too, man. Send me some hot takes.